Chairshot Podcast is back and it's coming to you live on this Sunday evening. It is March 24th, I believe this is the last or second last broadcast of March. We are just burning through 2018 here, folks. I'm one of your hosts, back from my various excursions, Barry Murphy. Pleasure to be back. I missed doing this, folks. I've got a big old list of things to chit-chat about uh, with my good pals here. First of all, my good pal... I'm referencing there, Mr. Joe Towner. Hi there, Barry. Welcome back. Thanks very much, Joe. And always with us, pressing buttons, making things happen, and putting the show together, Mr. Paul Griffin. Oh, what button will I press today? I'll turn oh, the I'll good. turn the gain way up for a second. Whoa! Look at that. Now it's back down to delete the bloody show or something. Knowing yeah. him, what? Yeah. Wrecked him. Absolutely wrecked him with that one. Um. So I'm back, lads. I hope you didn't cause too much trouble while I was away. Uh, I noticed the podcast website's still up and everything, so you can't have been up to too much mischief. But um, but yeah, so uh, I've been away obviously for two weeks on various wrestling uh, excursions. Um, went to Germany for 16 karat gold, which was uh, another tremendous time, a tremendous weekend with with great wrestling and great company. Uh, I'm sure you know if, if if you haven't seen it or or, or or you know you want an idea of what it's like. I suppose the best place to go for the photos would be uh, you know either my Twitter or my Instagram. Probably my Instagram because there's, there's photos up there. The Barry Lad on those various sites. Just an incredible setup. Uh, you know the the big screens and the uh, it, they had their equivalent of a WrestleMania sign. They had a 16 karat gold sign, which was incredible. Um, and not just, I mean, OTT has those, but they're literally just like banners that they print. <laughs> they hang, whereas this was like an LED, like this is a real, really classy thing. It's just a top-notch production. It's like, it's kind of like the indie wrestling you want to go to to forget you're going to indie wrestling. I mean, it's 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 so tremendous. And I think bell to bell as well. I think wrestling-wise, I think it was a better weekend than, than last year, which is really saying something. So, um so yeah, really enjoyed that. Got to see got to see Pentagon Junior live for the first time, which I've only wanted for about five years. Uh, that was tremendous, uh, as well as Phoenix and, and uh, Daisuke Sakimoto and, and, and lots of other big names. So uh, yeah, sixteen karat gold. Uh, uh, big, huge, massive thumbs up for anyone who who, who likes wrestling and is Europe based. Um, I think I said this last year, but I I don't foresee myself, for, you know, stumping down three times as much money to do WrestleMania again in the near future. Not that that wasn't a great time, but the uh, I I get that similar vibe and that similar fix off this for for a portion of the cost. So yeah, uh, and then last weekend was uh, Scrapper Mania, which uh, was in Dublin, which is not as much of a trek, but it's a uh, you know much bigger shithole, which makes it a bit more taxing. <laughs> Um, I tell you what. Uh, so, so for context, Scrapper Mania happened on the 16th of March, which is the day before St. Patrick's Day, and it was a Saturday. Um, so I got off the tra- the train to Dublin, and I was meeting some friends of mine in and around. We were going for brunch uh, in uh, I don't know the exact street in or around the Temple Bar area. It wasn't exactly on Temple Bar. And in the in the 20 minutes it took me to walk to there from the train station, I must have been trodden on about 10 times. 
by uh, people just, you know, kind of with their uh, definitely tourists with their heads sort of angled 45 degrees upwards, looking around at the, at the buildings and the signs wearing bright green, just stepping all over me, crossing the road, big gangs of, uh, you know, I'm used to people stinking of booze in Dublin, but just everyone's stinking of, of fucking booze. Everyone's just shit faced from, from the early hours. I hate Dublin most weekends. But this was just hell. I mean, it was just absolute hell. Um, uh, and and uh, I, I I was wishing I was back in a scary foreign land where I don't speak the language, uh, compared to, to to being in Dublin on St Patrick's weekend. Um, and then we had Scrapper Media, which Paul was at. And we're going to chat about in a little bit. Uh, yeah, and so that's that's what I've been up to in my my little adventures. You know, I've 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 had a great few weeks off, but it's good to be back. Uh, what about you, Les? What have you Les been doing while I was gone, specifically in the last week? Uh, in this last week there uh, since you lasted the show. Uh, well, I went to Amsterdam. So you're, not the only, you're not the only one that's been jaunting around Europe. Um, so I was was hoping to come to, to Dublin for the, the St. Patrick's Day weekend, but then yeah. when I started to add up the old prices of the old uh, the flights, which were four times the usual cost, uh, and the old uh, Airbnb, which was looking very expensive, I thought yeah, it's going to cost about eight hundred quid for a weekend in Dublin. Yeah, for half that I can go to somewhere nice, you know, um, right. Amsterdam, for example. So uh, yeah, we did that. We kind of booked it just a week before, sort of last minute. Um, it's a lot of fun. The only downside was is that we went during Storm Gareth, so weather was uh, let's say turbulent. Um, <laughs> Thirty kilometer per hour winds and quite a bit of rain. Um, we had a couple of some nice days though, so it's alright. We mainly went to sort of museums and galleries. Went to the Van Gogh Museum. Uh, went to a couple of other galleries. Um, yes, yeah, so it was really good. Saw the canals. Didn't go on a boat trip down the canal as it was looking pretty choppy, and I didn't want to be. Does it sound like the right weekend for it? I don't think. Yeah, I didn't want to get seasick on a canal boat. That, that could be a first. So avoided that. Um, but overall, yeah, it's a very pleasant city. Um, kind of lots to do, lots of, you know, your buildings and pretty bits of it and that sort of thing. Um, I think the weird thing is my expectation of Amsterdam is that it's literally just uh, drugs and porn everywhere. That's always okay. been my plan. That was actually my experience in Dublin this weekend. Because <laughs> <laughs> not, not to butt in, but me and Natty were walking back from the cinema yesterday. I don't know if you noticed this, by the way, Natty. I, I did it. I don't think I said it. It just occurred to me. Fucking every second person we walked by were smoking weed. Yes. Ooh. I Fucking hell. Just the bang of weed constantly. I was like, what the fuck is this Amsterdam or something? Oh, no. yeah. yeah, see, I didn't see any of that, which is weird. I thought it would literally be, you, you know, you're walking down the street and suddenly <laughs> loads of uh, windows with topless women in. But no, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> were you disappointed? Well, walked around for about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Still couldn't find well, we anything. We will find one, Michelle. We will. <laughs> we will find one by accident. Um, but yeah, so that was interesting. I've, you know, once you kind of take that away, it's just your typical sort of European city with lots of buildings and canals and weird shops selling things. They like the chips over there. And to be fair, they do do a very good chip. Mm. Um, we had a nice cone with all your mayonnaise on it and all that. That was very nice. Um, yeah, so I'd recommend it. Maybe if you're going to go plan to go on a weekend where there's not uh, a major international storm 
Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, thumbs up for Amsterdam. Good. What about you, Paul? Any adventures lately? Not counting Dublin because that's not an adventure. It's like a fucking no. No, we like, had like, we had a very quiet couple of weeks. I mean, obviously we had Scrap Mania last week. St. Patrick's Day just avoided Dublin city centre as much as I could. Yeah. Uh, and then I, this, I was staying with a friend for Scrap Mania. Oh. We kind of she she advised me of the route to get from her place to the station, avoiding any of the main streets and I was very appreciative of that but even Scrap Romania night there was drunk tourists yeah you know veering in and out of the road I Uh, I think it being Scrap uh, Scrap Romania St. Patrick's Day weekend St. Patrick's Day being a Sunday yeah I think it just drew everyone in on the Saturday I mean it was just obscene um uh yeah and it it was it was it was weird to me and, and unfortunate that OTT did you know, most likely their their match with the biggest international cachet, which is the the Walter match on the weekend, where it was the most impossible to get a reasonable stay in um in in Dublin. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's like it's like wishing on a monkey's paw for world class wrestling, and it just has to be in Dublin. Yeah. But um, but yeah, go on. No, apart from that, nothing really. What you, uh, what you, what you get to eat another Bunsen or? No, we didn't have a Bunsen this time. Ooh. Okay. No, we went to Five Guys. Um, I made the mistake. We passed Five Guys, and okay. given that it was St. Patrick's Day weekend, it was it was fairly empty. I said, look, Five Guys, because we were going to the the Bunsen on Wexford Street, which is the one kind of furthest away from the city center. I said, look, Five Guys is that quiet. Sure, we'll go on to Bunsen. It'll be it'll be empty basically. Uh, we figured we'd be far enough away from the epicenter that it wouldn't be too busy. No, we got there and there was a queue to get in, so we went back to Five Guys and had a a nice meal. And in fact, this is now my second time to Five Guys, and I think I enjoyed it even more than I did the first time. I do love a good. I haven't had one in a while. Actually, so big thumbs up for Five Guys. Picky. I think I might try. They, they do hot dogs, don't they? Do they do a hot dog in Five Guys? Yeah, 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 hot dog. They do apparently. Okay, because hot, hot dogs. I, I know people think of hot dogs as trashy food, but in, in the same way, the the boutique burger is very in your five guys, your buns, in your place like that. You go to it. You go to a, a, an overpriced, fancy, fancy place that does hot dogs, and they they, mm. they grind up some bacon and they put some melted cheese on that bad boy. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't five guys do that, but it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I love I love the L, I love the L five guys. Um, I uh, also uh, had a five guys on uh, yesterday. So uh, yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Next time, next time we're all together, we should we should convene in a five guys. Oh, three guys in a five guys. Boom. Three guys, five eight guys. guys. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was very good. Uh, speaking of yesterday, I also had some very exciting day. So, uh, as you may or may know, Michelle's favorite band is a little little fellow little group called uh, Vampire Weekend. Um, yes. They do some you know jaunty little numbers with guitars and all that. I don't really understand it. But anyway, um, <laughs> she booked some tickets for a show uh, on Saturday. And it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was actually a morning show. Um, so it started at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Um, so that was an interesting one. I've never been to a, a kind of early gig before. Um, but it was really good. Um, so we got there, got to the gig. It was quite a small sort of intimate venue. Uh, it was fun. Uh, luckily, they played the one song that I knew three times in a row. Is that the oh, one with did it, did it, did it? It was, it was yeah, eight times, I think it's good. <laughs> that one. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
Yeah, that's what I know. They played that three times. That was good. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, so it was really good. Then after that, as we were sort of up in, in town in London, um, and it finished at about 12 o'clock, we then popped down to central London to join the People's March um, against Love Brexit. It. for the um, To revoke or have a referendum or whatever you fancy. So we, I've never been on a march before. A lot of people, a lot of people. Um, I don't think we actually got all the way down the intended route just because there were so many people that the actual, I guess, like the finishing square outside Parliament where it was supposed to end just got filled up within about an hour or two. So we only got sort of halfway down and then everyone started gradually dispersing. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was very, um, very cordial. People kind of getting along, having fun. Uh, lots of memes, lots of Simpsons memes on signs. Uh, sort of chanting of bollocks to brexit and things like that yeah so it's all very good and it must have been i think the organizers said a million people but it feels like more if you watched there was a really good helicopter video from the bbc that shows just how many people there were and it, it's fucking insane um yeah so that was good so that was it, it's interesting being in a really packed march though because you can't walk properly you can only kind of shuffle um so you're sort of standing there shuffling your legs forward very slowly and now today uh, Michelle and I both have incredibly sore calves from uh, walking in very strange fashion for three hours. Um, yeah, but worth going because obviously I'm sure now that I've got involved in the campaign, bound to be a second referendum. Um, I think I've made my point, and I think Theresa May Monday. So we're going to happen. She's rattled. She's she, rattled by that now. She's, yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, yeah, so that was, that was this weekend and today has been very lazy. I'll be honest, lads, we've been on the sofa all day. Yeah, I think we've only been out of bed for about two hours. <laughs> Half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> got up to record this. I got, well, I got up, I was playing some little video game earlier, but I think apart from that we've just been, like, tidy, a little bit of tidying, but I think apart from that we've just been in bed pretty much all day, right? Mm. And if, if you can't be in bed, what, what else is Sunday's for? But for being a bad oh, yeah. come on. Oh, that's uh, you pop that. I uh, tell you what, mate, you pop that on an image that would go viral on the internet. Cause I, <laughs> I completely agree, and I, I feel it. You know, I feel it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had a bit of a productive weekend because this is my first weekend in the last like two weeks, the last three weeks even, where I don't actually have anything to do. So it's been cleaning, shopping, um, you know, organizing. So I feel good after a weekend like that. You know, we actually get shit done. Um, so yeah. So it's good to see the, the life guffs are, 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 are buzzing. Any other life guff before we move on? I also have a bit of a wrestling slash life guff, which Ooh, is I decided to take the plunge and purchase some uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest tickets. Um, oh, that's, that's the show they're doing in the summer uh, at the Copper Box Arena, which is in the, the uh, 2012 Olympic uh, Park venue. Um, and I thought, eh, why not? They've announced um, your Tanahashi, your Okada, your Naito, Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr. I'm also hoping, fingers crossed, that Liger will be there. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, even if he's not, I'm sure it'll be a fun event. So, yeah, want down to see that. So, uh, Ibushi was announced. Oh. Which is a, 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 real, a real good one. So I was thinking of doing that, and then 
uh, after Germany, we said we would do Tag League, me and my pals in Germany, which is in October. I was like, all right, I'll do that. And I was a maybe on, on uh, New Japan London. And mm. I was like, right, if I'm doing Tag League, we're going to have to make that a no. We're not going to do London. And then and everyone agreed. And then they announced Ibushi. And now everyone I know who's going to Germany is also going to try and make London work. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. I'll just stay at home on my own <laughs> um, while you all go see Kota Ibushi wrestle. Um, I might, I might change my mind on that because I, I, I'm, I'm very on the fence. There's so much wrestling going on in the second half of the year that I'm trying to make happen. Yeah. Uh, some, something's not going to make the cut. So I, I think right now I'm a no on that, but I would, I'd, I would love to try and get over. Um, uh, yeah. And see, cause those, those are some names that are not going to be over a whole lot. Uh, yeah. It's the big voice. So, yeah. yeah. Um, to me. I don't, even, even if, uh, we keep getting new Japan stars over here, I, I, don't foresee Tanashi coming over in the near future. No. Um, so yeah, that's that's great. I, that's uh, I'm looking forward to yourself and Michelle going to that. Yeah, got a couple of nice uh, tickets. Boom, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Uh, let me see here. We'll jump into our various goffs here. Uh, my little bit of telly goff. I at long last, long overdue. On my, uh, I actually started it on my my plane journey. Uh, I started watching Derry Girls. Which is the Northern Irish uh, comedy? E four um, or something, isn't it? Say what? Is not E four or something like that? Channel four? Yeah, it's yeah. It's not Channel four, I believe in it. Oh, geez, the big uh, one. It's on the big dog. The main, the main, the big boys play. Um, yeah, very, very good. Very funny. Uh, very, very charming. Uh, um, yeah, it's you know if you're not familiar with it, I think it's got a little bit of cult audience internationally as well. I think it's on Netflix in the states. I think if I know a few people over there who watch it, um, it's kind of about uh, a group of uh, friends in uh, 1995 Derry in Northern Ireland, which is obviously kind of the forefront of the um, uh, the troubles between the between you know the Republic and, and, and the Northern Irish and all this other stuff, and it's basically just kind of a sitcom about about their lives. It's very good, very easy watch, uh, very kind of typical kind of uh, Irish or, or or British comedy, like six episodes a season, to, you know, they're twenty two minutes each, so there's not a whole lot there. They kind of get in and get out, um, and it's just really really charming. Um, so enjoying that a whole lot. I'm nearly caught up on season two, um, uh, which is ongoing currently. I think I think there's a few episodes left, and I think I'm on episode three. Uh, the whole thing, if you're living in our part of the world, is on the Channel Four streaming service, so you can go on there uh, and watch it. But yeah, big thumbs up if you like if you like an Irish comedy. That's a that's a big thumbs up. Uh, that's all I've been watching in terms of new telly. Uh, what about you, lads? Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that as well. Um, might check it out soon uh, once we've burnt our way through a few other series. Still, still. Um, Tipping away at Game of Thrones up to season five now. It's back in a couple of weeks, so I'm gonna finish that off before it returns. Uh, also watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy season three, I think it is uh, dropped while we were in Amsterdam. So we actually started watching it while we were out there in Holland, as you do. Um, luckily, all these Airbnbs seem to come equipped with some kind of Chromecast or smart TV to let their guests watch a bit of netflix while they're there so that's always handy um yes yeah, so that's good you know the drill it's a bunch of gay fellas they just sort of give someone some life coaching for an hour and it's a bit sad and then it's happy it's good um yeah but that's it really been watching pretty much game of thrones solidly other than that they almost finished that yet no no loads, loads to go um actually and 
Because we are quickly, quickly approaching Quick, season 26. seven debut, are we? It's yeah, two weeks. Oh, la, la. Jesus! I heard the first episode actually already leaked online. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Well, season eight. Is it, is it, I said seven, but it is season eight. Uh, is it season eight or is it like the second part of seven? I don't no, remember what. Uh, I think they call it season eight, but yeah, it's the second art, so second part. Right, very good, very good. I haven't watched any new telly myself. I've just been watching um, American Dad, and I've been watching that uh, racist car show with those boys on it. That's no. been it. That's been it. So, what are we doing next? Uh, we could do a bit of music guff. You, uh, you know, you got a bit of music guff here. I bought a keyboard. Mm. Uh, Alright, so that music off is you making your own music. Yeah. I've always kind of wanted a keyboard. I've never owned one before. Um, and after we went to the cinema yesterday, I said, let's let's get that keyboard. Because we had been talking about it for um, a little while. Because Natty never really learned to play any instrument. And I, we used to have a piano in the house when I was very young. And I like just kind of playing instruments so went into smith's toy store and picked up a keyboard for like 80 euro which isn't too bad and uh yeah it's a good one it's got all the little sounds on it all the little effects and uh the first thing i wanted to learn on it was um the put five on it from (laughs) the us trailer so i'm able to play that now so um very much enjoying that i i I was watching some um youtube videos because i find you know those um what's the the name of the app the the video where it has like the keys coming down from the bottom of the screen uh hang on let me look it up now piano tutorial Synthesia. It's like if you if you look on YouTube, piano tutorial for anything. It's like it's this screen where the piano keys at the bottom and it kind of comes down in almost like a, a guitar hero way. I find that's the easiest way to learn how to play a song. I'll, I'll put the YouTube video to like twenty five percent speed. I'll do it that way. Um. But uh, yeah, so. I'm obviously not as good as I was back in the day when I did proper piano lessons and stuff, but it's nice to have a little keyboard to play along on. There was um, an app called uh, Simple Piano or something that I, I downloaded to try and uh, reteach myself, but it's like 100 year a year. I, mean, I don't want to learn to play piano that badly. Yeah, well, <laughs> you want it bad enough that you bought one. Yeah, but I could just go into fucking music shop and buy a book for... I don't know, Just 20, 20 press all the keys until you get them in the right order. Yeah, it's pretty much. How hard can it be? Fucking hell. It's not that hard. It's not that many. No, we got a 61 key keyboard. That is a lot, actually. <laughs> that, is, that is more fingers than we have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's good. It's nice. And yeah, like I said, you have all the different, different effects. Um, I'm enjoying it. I haven't listened to any. Uh, music that I'm aware of, though, out of the ordinary. Um, 
did I, I was listening to some Rudy and Blitz, which is a band that you guys would have never heard of. Um, they sound kind of like Nirvana, I guess. Uh, yeah, pretty good. They're they're uh, the one album they put out called Reverb on the Click. I quite like this. So if if you like Nirvana, check it out. I would say. But apart from that, I don't really have any music that I've been listening to. What about yourselves? Um, uh, I listened to the new Hosier album, Hosier. and it's another Hosier album. That's about all I really have to say about it. It's good. Take uh, me to church. It's it's very familiar sounding, um, but I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't want it to be especially experimental. With it. I, you know, it's only a second <laughs> album anyway. So it's like if you if you like that first one, it's more the same. Um, I think it's maybe not as good. I think it doesn't. Um, like there's a lot of memorable bangers on that first one. This one just kind of kind of feels like here's eight songs of that hosier sound, um, uh, which is all right. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that quite a bit, um, and that's that's really the only new music. I was listening to some Lady Gaga as so. well. Oh yeah, which 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 Gaga you, you you're rocking with? These I days? just listened to the the monster. I don't know why particularly, but I mean, it's it's all great. I was in that kind of mood for a change. P- 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 poker face. That's it. Um, speaking of radio music, mm-hmm. music radio. Um, but listen, there's a new radio station that's just launched here called Scala Radio, and if they play a little bit of the old classical music, uh, as you, you as you fellas know, I'm a very um, culturally kind of you know aware, very uh, classically trained sort of. Uh, you know, musical tastes, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. well, that's, and that sentence indicated it right there. <laughs> oh, all you need. Yeah. Um, so I've been listening to it at that. I think what's it's, it's classical music, but it's kind of, they try and be a bit more, it's not your sort of normal, boring Beethoven stuff, right? Yeah, it's classical so music what, hosted by Stormzy. Well, you're not far off. I mean, they've got Goldie, the, um, oh, God. the jungle bike on there, but he, he's into his classical music, I think. It's a big... I don't know, composers or whatever. Um, but they actually have, on a Sunday evening, they have a video game uh, music show where they play um, like little, all your classical kind of orchestral themes from your... Um, I don't know the names of any games, but you know... This, Zelda. Whatever. Yeah, probably not Zelda. But, um, you know, what's that one with the... Far? No. Skyrim. That's oh yes, yeah. That's yeah. all that's all the play, yeah, that kind of stuff. And I think so Mark Kermode's on there as well and he does like a film score uh show on a Saturday. So yeah, pretty good. So I I'm, actually have this I have the Skyrim soundtrack on C D autographed by the composer. That's Ooh. cool. Which is quite that is a great soundtrack. It it really is. Yeah. So that's good. So we'll listen to it at that feeling very classy. And it, you yeah. said that's like a digital radio station, is it? Uh, yeah, digital radio is available sort of online though. If you've got uh, Alexa or whatever. Oh yeah, where where you can also play Skyrim as well. <laughs> yeah, if you got uh, Google Stadia, just uh, say uh, Alexa, play a bit of the old Skyrim. God, I forgot that was this week. Jesus, that's interesting. That is, we haven't talked. Well, we've got Game Guff coming up actually. So should we talk about that? Uh, yeah, Paul, did you watch that? Joe, did you, I assume you watched it live, Joe, did you? That whole... Um, I didn't watch it live, but I've seen the, the bits and pieces in the news and everything. Yeah. Um, intriguing. Yes. Um, so this is, this is Google's foray into the gaming world. Um, uh, 
and specifically their whole thing is streaming. So they were very, they did not say anything about the actual business model, but it will basically be um, some variety of, I think, subscription service, I think. Yeah, uh, I dare say it because it's it's pretty much just going to be you're going to be firing up Chrome, your browser, or or a dedicated app, I'd imagine, um, and uh, uh, like I, I'm not even really sure how to describe it. I mean, <laughs> everyone listening to this probably already knows what I'm referencing, but essentially, it's going to be the Netflix of games. No, no ownership. It seems like it doesn't seem like you're going to be buying games on this service and playing it on your your Stadia box that you go down to to you know. Um, the electronic store and buy. It seems pretty much if you have a smartphone or a smart TV or or a device that has a Chrome browser on it, you you can access this thing. Yeah. Um, and the the presentation certainly had a lot of wow factor. I'll say that much. Um, they showed a, a, like a like a person watching a, a an Assassin's Creed trailer, and basically they they painted it as though it's like you just watch the trailer and you go. Yeah, I'll have a bit of that. You press a button and it throws you into that part of the trailer, basically. Like, wherever, whatever the gameplay you're watching is happening, you then basically pick up the controller and you're in. Um, whether or not that's true to, to life or not, we're, it, that's, that's kind of the big, uh, big question, I feel, coming out of all of this. But it's um, yeah. to how that works, because if there's one thing I know about video games, they're bloody huge files, right? You, you're yeah. talking... Your 10, 10 gig or something to download a um, a game. So I don't know how they're going to stream well, an far, entire far more than ten gig by the time this comes out. Oh yeah, I mean, how, how they Red Red Dead that. was Red Dead's nearly a hundred gig. Joking? Yes. Yeah. I mean, ten gig in twenty nineteen terms on the smaller side. So Doom, Actually, yeah, Doom, which yeah, came yeah, out in yeah. like twenty sixteen, was something like eighty gigs. Yeah. Um. But they are going to have these dedicated data centers where the data is going to be streamed from. So that's their whole thing. Yeah, you, that's that's the that's the the one thing about about this is you kind of look at this tech and you go, eh, how are they going to actually get this to work? And then you go, well, it is Google. They have a lot of money and a lot of tech. Um, but that that kind of I think segues into the other big talking point coming out of this thing, which it was, is that it was equal parts impressive and also kind of terrifying um, about kind of. This like the whole presentation, specifically not not just what they're selling, but the, the way they presented it in this little hour long talk. It was very dystopian. It was very kind of like um, we have this incredible technology, and and your your first instinct might be wow, that's cool, and your second one would probably be oh, I don't know how I feel about most of this because it's like. Um, so they mentioned the load times and they mentioned the downloading and the installing and the patching and all this other stuff. And they're like, you know, none of that. You watch a video of Assassin's Creed, you press a button, you're playing it. How cool is that? And they specifically said, no more of this. And they showed the the download bar. I'm like, okay, so now the concept of owning a digital video game gets even more nebulous than it already is. Because mm-hmm. we've gone from owning a physical thing that if you put your N64 cartridge into your N64 today it works and it's still yours to where we're at today where, you know, Paul, if we buy a PS4 game, you own it. But if you uninstall it, if you digitally buy it, I'm saying, if you uninstall it and then the server goes down or they delist that game for some legal reason and it's not saved on your your hard drive, it's gone forever. Um, And now there's this thing where it's like, well, you're not actually, you're not even getting megabytes of data. You're not even getting anything on your hard drive. You are literally getting you're buying permission to play this game online basically 
Um, and that was a little... I, I'm not big on that. I don't know about you, but but I they were talking about that stuff. I was a bit kind of like, oh, this is this is a, a glimpse into the future that I'm not sure I like. Yeah, I've and I've never been big on really streaming or watching streams. I do watch, you know, awesome games done quick once in a while, but I'm not religiously watching it. So that kind of the presentation didn't really call out to me either. Um, I do like having the box in my living room and even though I'm downloading the games digitally these days, I like having the box and the traditional way of, you know, turning on your screen, sitting down on your couch, playing your game. Um, Like, especially the, the YouTube integration, like I'm, I don't really, you know, go through apart from my like laptop or tablet. I don't really use YouTube and I don't see myself playing my games on my laptop or tablet i play games sitting in the sitting room on the big screen yeah and i don't have any device that i use there that i use youtube for so like i i almost think that it's 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 not simplistic enough it's like it's too clever for me almost right like i like the dumbed down approach i like just like i don't want i don't use my playstation for uh for too much apart from playing games despite what Especially like Xbox when they were bringing out the Xbox One, they they're kind of trying to market as it does everything. You can be watching TV and have a game play. No, just let me play my game, and then when I'm not <laughs> playing it, I'll watch the telly separately. I don't need to do. It. I don't need to think to run three things at once. I don't need a play now. No, I'm watching YouTube now. I'll play. <laughs> I'll play later on. Yeah, and, and the way to think about this is that it, it, like even if this thing is a massive flop, which maybe it will be. Like you kind of divided. This is the direction everyone wants to go. When I say everyone, I mean the, the games producers, not not necessarily the consumers. Yeah. Uh, I was having a chat with someone recently, and I was kind of like, because there's been rumors about Xbox going streaming. They have their Game Pass service already, which is basically just Netflix for games. Um, there's talk that they're going to release uh, an Xbox One, like the current console they have, a, a discless version, so it's just digital only. Like they're, they're, they're skewing in that direction. And I was kind of saying to Palomite, I wonder if for the PlayStation 5, whatever the next the next console is, I wonder if their approach is just going to be, their marketing is going to be, uh, fuck all that shit, we're selling a console with a disc drive, you buy it, you play your games, and that's what we're doing. In the same way, this most recent generation, they're like, no, none of this DRM, just you can trade your games to your pals, that's what we're doing. Like, if they double down on that, do you, do you think mm. they'll keep, they'll they'll win the hearts and minds of consumers? By I, I actually wouldn't mind to buy a console without a disk drive. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but also, I mean, when you, because this is a, a topic you hear a lot in, in gaming circles in the US, is that high-speed internet isn't as common over there as it is over here. Like, I feel like most... Uh, people who could afford an internet connection have one that's limitless and super fast. True. Whereas uh, in the broader, wider international, you know, landscape of people who play games, there are still an awful lot of people who, who, you know, they want disk drives because because they can't afford because they can't download Red Dead. Uh, you, you know, they they'd be out of internet for the month basically. Hmm. And now I, I'm with you. I because I think I. If it's if the price is right and the hard drive is reasonable, I probably I probably will get that Xbox when it comes out because I, I don't have an Xbox One yet. Um, but I mean, if that if you know if that's a reasonable enough offer, I could really go for it. But um, yeah, I do feel like that 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 might be Sony's pitch in the, in the near future. I'm sure they'll eventually want to get on the old streaming bandwagon. They already have um, 
PlayStation Now. But I, I just get the sense that someone, maybe not them, but someone in the marketplace is going to be like, we're, we're doing, we're doing disc drives, and don't, don't you worry, folks, your, your old school video games are, are, are going to be here. But um, yeah, very interesting times. Um, I, I want more info. That, that, that was the other big thing I, I came out of that, uh, that press conference saying they didn't mention pricing, they didn't mention if it's subscription based, they didn't mention if you're buying these games piecemeal. Um, which uh, that's that's a huge factor because, um, like I said about that whole purchasing thing, I'm not sure I want to play the new Assassin's Creed game, pay seventy euro for it, and then if this thing flops in a year, I, I lose everything I bought. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's it's it's super interesting though, and it is it's super impressive as well. Well, we will see. We shall. I think they uh, they explained how it works like functionally, but not they didn't really go too deeply into the user point of view. So yeah, that which was, I guess which is fine. I mean, because it's it is impressive tech. Um, but yeah. Um, while we're on the the game golf subject, we want to do want to stick with that for now. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I took a little um, I got my seven day trial of the Nintendo Online gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see if it was worth it. I don't really play any Switch games online, you know, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers. I don't play any of that. I play all that local. Um, so I was like, I'll give it, I'll give it a go, because it has a free trial and it's like two quid a month. It's nothing. Um, and so I've been playing Tetris ninety nine, which is their weird Tetris battle royale thing. Ooh. And I have to say, I am really, really, really loving it. Obviously, on this show, I sang the praises of uh, the Tetris Effect last year, one of my favorite games of last year. Um, when when a well-designed spin on Tetris comes out, it's pretty easy for it to get its hooks into you because the core of Tetris is so good mm. that, that that it doesn't take a whole lot else. But Tetris, the way it works, Tetris 99, the way it works is, like I said, it's, it is a, a wacky spin on the uh, the Battle Royale thing. Basically, you're matched up with 100 players, um, and you're all playing Tetris against each other. It's pretty much the last one alive wins. That's basically it. You know, your screen's filling. If it gets to the top, you're eliminated. You're given your rank, and you can just hold A to start again. That's all it is. It's free to play. So if you sub to the Nintendo service, you get this game. And and when I say it's free to play, there's no there's no optional purchases. There's no cosmetic changes. There's no loot boxes. It is literally just they. It seems like they paid for this thing to be made so they can just have a bit of a hook. Uh, for the old uh, for the Switch Online because there's lots of people like me who, who aren't really fussed. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's great. I only started playing it yesterday. I've already played four hours of it according to the in-game timer. Um, so I'm really, really into it. Have you won yet? Also, uh, no, the highest I've gotten is eighth. Um, oh, it's, extre- it's extremely fucking hard. Um, yeah, so it's uh, I'm enjoying that. I I didn't play that much of it, but I also toyed around with the other big thing you get with the Switch Online is the the emulator for the old games. Mm. So you download this. Uh, it's it's almost like a little museum thing where it just takes you to a screen and it's got like I think there's like thirty ish games on it. It's a decent little selection, you know. Yeah, I I, I'd heard a lot of grousing about it, but you know it's all right. Yeah. I, I, maybe they padded it out since I since it's rolled out and I'm, I'm kind of jumping in at the right time, but you've got your Mario one, two and three. You've got your Kirby. You've got your first, like what, three or four Zelda games. It's all NES, yeah. nothing on the, on the SNES just yet. Um, but you've got your Kirby, your Zelda, your Mario, you've got your, like those basic early NES sports games, pro wrestling, hockey, um, uh, things of that nature, duck hunt. 
Um, and I played a few, literally a few minutes, like just about five minutes, just to see what it felt like of uh, Super Mario 3. And it's Super Mario 3. It looks and feels exactly like you'd want it to play. It sounds great. It looks great. Nice and sharp on the old screen. Uh, I'm not big into this, these deep dives on these uh, on these uh, old games. That's why I, I was tempted, but I never bought those uh, those little classic consoles they put out. But as a little um, as a little bonus for, for for getting the online service, I actually think it's very very cool. Um, and uh, I'll probably keep my subscription. Like I say, I'm on my free trial at the moment. Um, I'll probably keep it just to see how long Tetris holds my attention. Um, and just based on dicking around with it for a few minutes and how solid the emulation is, if they start adding SNES and what I would have really liked as well as Game Boy, if they can, if they could really start fleshing out that that um, that emulator thing for um, in the months going forward and really throw their back catalog stuff up there, I could see myself uh, subscribing for some time to have access to that stuff. So uh, tentative thumbs up for the Switch Online. Uh, Paul, have you uh, you played Tetris ninety nine? So I know you 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 have the service. You messed around with the emulator stuff at all? Yeah, well, I I got the the year subscription, so I'm in for the year twenty euro or whatever. Something. And that's only twenty quid. Yeah, I actually, if yeah, I might just do that. I mean, it's twenty quid. Yeah, I might do that. Um, so I'm playing Tetris ninety nine as well. I'm not obviously not as I'm playing as much as you have, nor am I as good at it as you are. Um, I think my, I've my highest has been like thirty one or something. Okay, sorry. It's tough. A lot of people on it are really fucking good. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I've played a little bit of um, Mario 3, as you said, because I don't have so much a tolerance for NES games. I think Super Nintendo is about as far back as I can really go. But I think Mario Bros. 3 came out late enough that it's it's old enough, but it's, it's, it's kind of still contemporary enough that it's easy to play. Um, whereas Mario... Bros. One, for example, is is very very difficult. Uh, yeah. And I played a little bit of Zelda Two: Adventure of Link. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not even so interested in in the NES games to be honest. Um, I did like Tetris though, and uh, yeah, I'm hopefully going to play a, f- a couple of online games. I, I still don't have Mario Kart on the Switch because I had it on the Wii U and completed it on there, but I have been kind of okay. getting a hankering for it lately. So I don't know if that goes on sale or something. I might pick it up. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, you. I mean, it's literally the exact same game, so you you know what it is. But just yeah. I can't even really say dressed up. I think that's even disingenuous. It's just the same game. But uh, I mean, yeah, because especially multiplayer. Like every now and then, you want you want a bit of the old Mario Kart. You're not going to dust off the Wii U, surely. No, you know, exactly. for for um. So that, it might that, be that, nice that. to have that on Switch. Hmm. I might have to consider that if it goes on sale. But um. Speaking of Game Boy, uh, Go on. finished off Minish Cap today. Ah, yes. Completed it for the first time. Because hmm. I never beat it when I was a kid. I got to the final boss and was not able to beat it. Ah. Um, but on my little SNES Mini, uh, it took me about, yeah, about 12 and a half, 13 hours in total. Uh, but the boss? Hey? The boss? No, the game. The game. In, in its entirety, it took about 12, 13 hours. Um, um, okay. Boss quite tough, but um, easier because of the Super Nintendo's save state capability. Right. So the boss has like three stages every single time I was getting up. Save state! Rang! Um, which I actually ended up not having to use, so it was fine. Um, 
Well, it sounds like you did have to use a Paul, and it sounds like you didn't really beat the game, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, don't don't be going on awesome games done quick just yet, mate. No, no, no. Uh, I love that game. Oh, so it, it might be in my top five Zelda games um, of them all. I think it's I think it's really underrated. I think it's a seriously good game. Capcom developed as well, of course, not developed by Nintendo. Really, really great. Uh, and then on the Nintendo Switch, I finished a little game called Ape Out. Oh, yes, I keep meaning to get to that. Which I would highly recommend. It looks incredible. It's great. It's great. It's not too long either. I think I beat it in about 2 hours 15. Um, I might give that another go through because it's so much... It's 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 addictive. Um, and it's punishing. But the levels aren't so long. Like, every, every time you, like, fail, you, you're sent back to the beginning of the level. But the levels aren't so long that you feel, like, frustrated at it. And it's... um procedurally generating so the levels are actually different each time apart from the few bottleneck areas um but it's great it looks it looks wonderful it sounds great uh and it's not that expensive it's definitely worth definitely worth a buy it's Um, on the switch in it it's on the switch that's where i played it um obviously i haven't played many games this year but that's probably up there for my favorite games so far this year yeah, I've also not played anything. I still, I still haven't finished. I've still played a grand total of about three hours of Resident Evil Two, which is not a long game, and I still have barely put any time into it at all. Mm. I'm keeping. I'm trying to keep a little um, uh, record of all the stuff I want to watch this year. Like, like I've got a. You've got the watch list on Letterboxd, right? But I've yeah. also got like a, a Google Doc. Here are the games people say are good that you should play at some point. Here are the matches that people are talking about that I want to watch. Um, and I've, and I've, on, on my games play to play list, I've also got a little tracker of the ones I played and I played like two games all year, like a couple of hours of resident evil and a couple of hours of apex legends. So I, I really want to, I want to sit down and, and, and make some, make some time and ape out is uh high on that list. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's great. It's really great. I played, I played a game that I was super excited for when they showed it at E3 last year. And it came out on kind of a whimper this year. The Hong Kong Massacre. I don't know if you remember seeing that no. um, on Sony's. It was one of their indie sizzle reels like last year on, on the E3 stage. Basically, it's a top-down game that kind of looks like a fusion between like Hotline Miami and Max Payne. Right. Um, more Max Payne style in terms of the art style. Like it's kind of gritty, realistic, uh, neon-soaked uh, a kind of twin stick shooter. It looked incredible. Lots of Max Payne slow mo dives. Lots of bullet time. Uh, it's sixteen quid on PSN, and it's 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 kind of it's very meh. It's it's it's. The, I'm not like I'm not like disgusted that I I spent money on it or anything because it was just fifteen quid. But it's it's it uh, on the style front. It has like no voice acting, and when I say it has no voice acting. The, the you're a cop and you're basically running around shooting criminals. That's the entire premise of the levels. There's, it's just a twin stick shooter, but it has no voice acting in the cutscenes. But also, nobody makes any noises when you shoot them, mm. so it's just it's just kind of a generic soundtrack pulsing in the background and gunshots. Uh, the the cutscenes, as well as having no voice acting, all the writing is kind of terrible. Seems like it's been badly translated from another language. Um, and all that's fine if the gameplay was up to snuff, and the, the, the gameplay is all right. It's just a kind of a basic. It's just it's it's hotline Miami rules, so it's it's one one kill kills you and the enemies, so you kind of have to be strategic. But it's not nearly as satisfying to play. The levels aren't as well designed. 
um, yeah, bit of a bummer because because oh. the, the trailer made that seem like super cool. But if you if you anyone was intrigued by that, I would say just go buy Hotline Miami if you've ever if you've never played it. Um, but yeah, so that's all I've been playing. I want to try and ramp up the old game playing in the next uh, few weeks and catch up on some of the the good stuff from this year. Hmm. Good. Uh, do we want to do movie? Go? Well, wait. I still have one more game. I've started. Oh. I've started Undertale on the Nintendo Switch. Oh. So. Quite enjoying that. I'm, I'm. I'm still. I've played it for about an hour. It's. It's. It's what, like six hours long. Um, uh, so I'm early into it, but I'm enjoying it. It's. Uh, it's very. A very interesting game. Very strange. And, yeah, very uh, very weird. Not like anything I've played before. So I remember the it. word of mouth on that game just being insane when it first mm. came out. Yeah, I can kind of see why. It's. It's definitely a very. It's obviously a very like retro-inspired game, but the humor in it is very contemporary. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I also downloaded that. Um, what's it called? Delta Rune. The, oh yes, yeah, the follow-up thing. The follow-up thing, which of course Delta Rune is an anagram of. Go on. Work it out. Nah. <laughs> There's an anagram of Undertale. Oh, uh, what? Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, video movies. Who watched the movies? Why do you take the lead there on the old movie? If you've watched a lot more than I Oh, have. man. So many movies I watched this. Yeah, oh. You've watched the shit. You've been a busy little boy. Fuck. Anyway. Um, I've, I've grouped my movies into three little groups. Uh... This week, so I'll start with the most important one because it has the uh, the new release in it, the Jordan Peele trilogy. Uh, I watched this week Ke- or these last two weeks, Keanu Get Out for, rewatched, and Us, the new horror movie on cinemas, of course. So uh, Keanu watching for the first time. Keanu is the kind of Key and Peele uh, film, basically. And it does feel like a long Key and Peele sketch. Right. Um, it's quite funny. I think how much you'll enjoy it will depend on your fondness for Key and Peele and their shtick. Because it's, it's just that for a very, very long time. Uh, and I do like that. I am a fan of them. So I, I did enjoy it to that extent. I don't think it's by any means a great movie. I think it's kind of... It reminded me a lot of um, Game Night with uh, your man from Arrested Development. What's his name? it's kind of tonally similar to that I th- I'd say it's about as funny I, I, I wasn't crazy about either of them I thought they were both fine uh, so yeah it was okay um, rewatched Get Out um, I think every time I watch Get Out I enjoy it more it's so so well written it's so efficient every little thing is a clue that pays off later in the film and even watching it this time, I think this is my third or fourth time watching. I was still picking up stuff that I didn't ca- catch on to the first couple of times. Um, little lines, you know. I think Jordan Peele is extremely good um, at dropping little hints in plain sight that you just don't catch on to, even when you think back later, knowing where it's going. Like, um, obviously, not to spoil anything about Get Out for people who haven't seen it, but there's like the scene where he first meets the parents of his girlfriend. And they're, of course, being, like, um, overly 
enthusiastic about how much they they love Obama and they you know this and that, and he the the father is showing him the photos of like the the grandfather who was beaten by Jesse Owens in the Olympics, uh, or in the trials for the Olympics, and it's like a throwaway haha line, but like you know later on, the 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 history of the grandfather running kind of comes into play, and then he talks about the kitchen and how the the grandmother loved the kitchen so much and that they wanted to leave a piece of her in there and obviously they go into the kitchen and ah so many little little breadcrumbs he leaves little breadcrumbs and it's it's so 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 efficient and so well structured ah i i I was watching it with a big smile on my face going oh this film is so good It it might be one of my favorite films of all time yeah, I, I, I want to rewatch that before I see Us. Oh, uh, so good. I don't think I'll get a chance, because I think I'm seeing Us tomorrow, but mm. sure. But yeah. Uh, I, I will reinstate, though, uh, or restate, that the the one thing, if, if I was to point out a weakness and get out, I, the ending is a little bit uh, of a letdown. Like, the, the, the last oh, minute or so boy. I'm talking about. Um, well, <coughs> excuse me. Well, because it's not the, the, there was an original ending, which you can find on YouTube if you search alternative mm. ending. Um, yeah, it's like a not an unhappy ending, but I think a, a much more satisfying ending, because, and I'm gonna sp- uh, kind of spoilers for Get Out now. So if you haven't seen Get Out, if you haven't seen it, skip ahead thirty seconds. If you haven't seen it, you're a racist. Skip ahead thirty seconds if you haven't seen it. That the that his, that his his mate shows up and rescues him and he goes, How did you find me? Oh, I'm I'm TSA. And there's there's no explanation for how it's it, it just that's the one part of the film that feels like just thrown in there with no thought behind it. And I found that kind of unsatisfying. But you know, it's a ten out of ten for me. I, I absolutely love Get Out. I, I, I only wish that the Blu ray version I have on it had the alternate ending as the real ending. But sure, look. So they include it, but now you want to edit it onto the end of the I want that to be the real ending because I think the actual ending the actual ending does a disservice to the film. Press the button. Jordan, I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay, did you choose to take this out or did the studio make you the racist at the studio? No, apparently the story is that he I, I, I like that alternate ending a lot, but god it would have been a fucking bummer if that was the actual ending of the film. Yeah, I know, but I think the real ending... Is, the real ending I don't is, think of it as a bummer of a movie either, so I don't know if that's even the vibe they would have wanted, you know? Yeah, but I think it's a smarter ending. I think it's, I think it's t- much more predictable and kind of hackneyed almost. That's um, why that's, that's why the reveal works, because you see the, the police lights. And when I saw yeah. those lights the first time, I saw the movie, I was like, oh, God, he, this oh, is going to be shot. Like, that's... that's, yeah. that's yeah, that's the... The vibe I was thinking they were going to do, but anyway, I just kind of find it. I don't find it a satisfying ending. I think it's the one part of the film that doesn't quite work. And anyway, like I said, I love that film. I love it, love it, love it. And uh, yesterday we went to see Us, the new film, and I had just watched Get Out the morning of, and I was so hyped, so excited to see Us, and um, <laughs> it's 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 not that good. It's unfortunately is not that good. No. Oh, um, Paul, just after gushing about how much you like Get Out, making us think you're not a racist. But here we go. <laughs> yeah, so we we watched us, and um, whereas Get Out, as I just said, is this like super well structured, efficient uh, film. 
us is really messy in comparison. Um, I think it's a film that will kind of require an, another watch, but I'm not sure that I'm going to watch it again anytime soon. It might This might be an, another watch in a year's time to give it another chance. But um, yeah, I think a, a lot of my problems with it are with the story specifically, because I think the um, performances are very good. I think Lupita Nyong'o specifically is excellent in it. I think yeah. cinematography is excellent. I, I really love the um, the music in it, specifically the Put 5 on it uh, remix for the movie that I've just been humming yeah. for the last week nonstop. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, like, I was with the movie for, I would say, the first half hour, right in, right up until the point where... and this is in the, for the whole thing, to be honest. <laughs> this oh, is in, got but, him! But this is in the trailer where the, the doppelganger family meet the family, right? They're sitting down facing each other. That's, for me, where the film start, started to wobble. And uh, The premise! <laughs> and it only kind of went downhill further and further for me from there on. Um, okay. I think the, the reason Get Out works is because it's a very... It, the story is very small and doesn't have kind of multiple threads it, it, it's very straightforward uh what us does immediately after that scene is it kind of splits the family up into four different th- like thread storylines and so okay. you have now four things going on at once and it's skipping from one to the next and none of them are really that interesting until they kind of reunite and then it picks up again um yeah, I think in in a sense, I think it's kind of too ambitious a movie because it okay. almost becomes kind of surreal at points, and I don't mind that in a film. Um, like I really love the mother, for example, and that's definitely a film that kind of falls into that nightmare feeling category. And us has a little bit of that to it, but um, I think it's a movie that wants you to look for the deeper meaning in it, and. I just don't think it, it it just didn't land for me. It just wasn't the movie that I wanted it to be um, at that time. And like I say, I was I went in very, very excited to see it. I wanted to love it. And I, like an hour in, I, I found myself still kind of fighting with myself internally to say, no, I really, really want to like this film. I really, really want to love this film. And I kind of just eventually had to admit that I kind of don't love it. <laughs> and I kind of don't even like it. Ooh. Um. Now I want I want to underline and say that this isn't like a the raid two thing. I'm I'm not under any impression that us is a bad film. I just think, you know, I went in with a mindset of expecting and hoping for it to be a movie of a specific kind, and it wasn't that. And so I was kind of disappointed by it. And like I say, I do think it's a messy film. Um, I think it is it is too much going on at, at once. And so each of the kind of parts loses as a result. And I think the ending is kind of a dud. Like there's a there is an ending, let's say, and a reveal that um almost kind of breaks the logic of the film. It doesn't really work. And I was kinda of like, oh, okay, that's it. Uh, wait, wait, wait for the Blu-ray. <sighs> I'm you know, it's like They've got the uh, alternative first ninety minutes. <laughs> 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 but it's like I say, I I didn't hate it, and I I I think it deserves another watch. But 
um, it, it really wasn't what I hoped it was going to be. Fair enough. Just sto- uh, yeah. story-wise, specifically, yeah. as I say. <clears throat> it seems like a lot of the people who liked it also said it's a film that's going to need uh, a couple of watches to digest, which is fair enough. Um, um, although people said that about Get Out One, and I thought, no, I got it straight away. You yeah, know, I, I love Get, Get, Out, Get Out, Out right has- away, pretty much, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I'm sure it benefits from a repeat viewing, but I, I feel like you don't have to watch Get Out more than once to get it. There's an interesting thing that I've been thinking as well, is that the trailer for us is so good that I wonder if that led to me having too high expectations as well. But just forgetting about, you know, how good Get Out was, just tr- purely the trailer alone being so good. Um, uh, yeah, it's probably a combination of things. I mean, the trailer was great, but also, you know, it's the, it's the follow-up to, to this really incredible you know, coming out party for lack of a better term, you know, mm. I mean, you know. Yeah. So as I say, I'm just, I was just this, this point, I went a four on it. Uh, Sorry. two stars, yes. which is yeah. of, of all the people I follow in Letterboxd is the lowest score. So you can kind of tell that I'm out on an Island with that one. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't checked my, uh, my letterbox, uh, peers reviews yet, but I would imagine based on just anecdotally from talking to people, you, you, you'd probably be the low man so far, I would guess. Yeah, I, and again, I think my score is maybe shit. a well, oh. shit. Yeah, well, as I said, the performances <laughs> are great, cinematography is great, sound is great. All all the boxes that normally you look for are ticked. I just found the story like a mess and not that interesting, and especially towards the end, I was just kind of like, it, it's also very predictable, which is something that I think Get, Get Out wasn't. In the same yeah, that's way. the thing about Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, again, not to spoil anything about the film, but when you're watching it and you think, "Well, this is the direction it's going in," it doesn't. It's not exactly going to subvert your expectations so much, like Get Out did. So that's us. Um, I also watched two documentaries, which were both nominated for the best documentary Oscar this year, Minding the Gap, which is out in cinemas now, and Free Solo. Uh, They're both excellent. Um, Minding the Gap is about these three kids who are like from broken homes and from lower class families. And uh, the one thing that kind of brings them together is skateboarding. And one of them records, you know, video over what seems like, I don't know, five, six years. And uh, you see how they develop. It's, it, in, in the same way as something like um, Boyhood, I guess, but in, in, in real life. And uh, what it kind of dives deeply into is that each of these three kids um, suffered like physical abuse from their parents. And th- what the film essentially documents is how each of them develops sep- differently from this. Like one of them becomes kind of uh, a wild child themselves. And as they develop into adulthood, kind of show some of the, those similar tendencies. One of them becomes very kind of isolated and quiet. And uh, one of them then kind of filters that into his artistic side. Yeah. I just found it a really, really um, compelling look at, these three kids and you kind of they're all super likable up until a point where they aren't anymore but or one of them isn't anymore and uh yeah i thought it was super compelling super super good 
And like I say, it's out in cinemas now. So if if you see it showing near you, Minding the Gap, definitely worth a watch. Uh, the other one, Free Solo, is uh, about the... Dreaming, I believe. <laughs> is about the no-rope mountain climbing. And about yes. this one guy who climbed the whatever the face of this mountain was with no no ropes and, and free solo is interesting because the first half of it is like um a character study into this guy and his you know eccentricities that that lead you into a kind of hobby like this and then the last like half hour is almost like a david blaine or david copperfield or actually a better uh, comparison might be like an evil knievel um yeah. he's climbing the mountain and <laughs> like it's like a spectacle it's like an event you know um, but similarly, I thought it was excellent. I thought they were both very, very good. Um, I probably prefer Minding the Gap very slightly. Uh, Free Solo... That's, that's more a substantial... Yeah, Free Solo did win the Oscar. Oh, ultimately. okay. Really? Wow. Yeah, they're both, they're, they're both excellent. They're, both of them definitely worth a watch. I was say Minding the Gap sounds more like an Oscar-y kind of movie. I got the titles confused. Yeah, no, that one... Yeah, uh, Free Solo. Well, it's interesting because like um, Free Solo follows, I guess, a more typical documentary structure of like talking heads yeah. and interviews. Whereas Mind in the Gap is like it, it, it's it's as it happens more so than like a retroactive look back at oh that time that thing happened. Like with something like um, Three Identical Strangers, which I loved, but is very much your typical talking head interview format. Mind the Gap is kind of the guy just has the camera while events are happening in their lives and yeah, it's super good. <clears throat> and as my voice starts to die on me, two more films I watched, both Japanese films. Uh, first one called Rashomon, which is a 1950 Akira Kurosawa film and uh, introduced something that I wasn't aware of but is apparently a thing in cinema called the Rashomon effect, which is where in a film the same event is retold from different perspectives so what Rashomon is about I guess this was the originator of that like style is about a a rape and a a murder that happened and you have four different people who are witness to it and they all they each have different versions of the story that are like in their own way self-serving and uh really really good you know um Kurosawa is a very famous director who made like Seven Samurai and Ran and movies like that. Uh, and Rashomon is actually the first of his movies that I'd seen. And yeah, I thought it was really excellent. It's, it's very, very short, which is un- like a lot of his other movies are very long. Um, and the acting is a little bit over the top <laughs> as, as is typical of those kind of 1950s films. But uh, yeah, I found, again, I found the story very interesting and I, I, I love movies like Run, Lola, Run or... Um, movies like that where again you ha- you do have the same event happening again and again from different perspectives with different outcomes and it was really great really enjoyed it the last movie was Mary and the Witch's Flower which is um, a movie made by an offshoot of Studio Ghibli that when they announced that they weren't going to make movies anymore some of them broke off into their own studio called Studio Ponko, and they made a movie called Mary and the Witch's Flower based on an old 1970s English book. Um, I guess a, like a pre-Harry Potter in a sense, because it's about a girl who kind of goes to a, a witch school. Um, 
and it's yeah it's definitely kind of very studio ghibli it's 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 very similar to something like spirited away or movies like that okay uh looks looks beautiful um is kind of surreal and out there the school itself is quite interesting because unlike harry potter i think it's i think they're closer to what a real school actually is um <laughs> no magic <laughs> no talking portraits <laughs> no i guess it's just a a more realistic take on what a magic school would be whereas harry potter is definitely <laughs> a very fancy, fancy no, no bloke school. with a uh, face on the back of his head <laughs> i thought it was very good i thought it was very good as well so that's all the movies i watched uh lately what about you guys i watched some movies in my um uh, my my time away. First of all, I'm I'm proud to announce that um, I've had my racism cured because I saw Green Book. Ooh, um, it's all, it's uh, all right, Green Book. Isn't it? Say what? It's all right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I came out of it. Um, the conversation around Green Book made a whole lot more sense to me after I saw it. Because you watch it, you're like, all right, you know, this is an Oscar bait movie, obviously. I well, Mahershala Ali's great in it, first of all. He is, but I mean the general premise and the story and all this stuff. You know, it's Oscar bait. Yeah. And they came out, and then it, like I, that's evident early. And then when it ends, it's like even knowing what people know about the Academy and stuff, I was shocked it won. Like it's so shallow. You know what I mean? It it's, is. So, it's, it's, it is a weird Best Picture winner. It is the easiest, most unremarkable most basic most you know by the numbers telling of this kind of story it, it, it won like, like it's, it won like best uh, screenplay as well best screenplay is yeah like like it's and the thing is Mahershala is great in it best he's great in everything yeah. like he's a great actor it's like they, they took this really basic story and they just had some excellent actors well I mean I like Viggo Mortensen quite a lot, but he's basically he's he's like an extra from Fat Tony's crew in this movie. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking my balls over here. You're busting my balls. I'm eating my meatballs, Doctor. What you what you call it? He's ridiculous. Well, it's like he was in an SNL skit for the whole movie. He's preposterous. <laughs> like imagine this film with Viggo Mortensen, but instead of Mahershala Ali, you have <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, I was going to say um... Kevin Harris, Lenny Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, like, but like, I was gonna say Terrence, Terrence Howard. Not even that, like, but like, Kevin Hart is a better um, uh, uh, fucking what's I can't even think the phrase. He's a better connection to v- Viggo Mortensen's acting job than Mahershala Ali. It's like they're from different films. It's like unbelievable. But yeah, it's just it's just it's super shallow, and it's like you know, it's hearts in the right place, and honestly the. The the thing that I enjoyed about this movie was not so much that I was, you know, moved by it and it was powerful. It's that I think it's a decent comedy. You know what I mean? It's like I went I went three stars on the old letterbox. It is a solid three star comedy. That is about it. It's very and predictable. It's, it's very, very predictable. It's very predictable and it's a three star comedy with a little bit of heart. And and you know, and it's like if if it, if it, if there wasn't hype surrounding it as the best film of twenty eighteen amidst some very stiff competition. You'd watch it and you'd go, ah, that's nice. One of the, the Farleys made a little comedy about racism and how it's bad. And you wouldn't think twice about it. You'd give it your three stars and nobody would be up in arms. But the idea, but just the idea that it's some kind of, like, 
oh god, I could just picture some nerds like standing and applauding as it ended <laughs> when it was premiered. Oh, oh yes, racism is bad. You know, it just well, just I I, I knew there was going to be a scene where Herschel is in in the. The, the pub with the, the white supremacist and what do you want this guy doing in here and Vigo come in hey no problem hey you want, we're going we're going to leave we're, you know I, that scene is in the film I couldn't when I watched I couldn't believe it I was like oh there's that scene that I was expecting and then there's like another scene oh mate anyway there's, yeah, there's, about, there's about 50 scenes where he's refused entry from from places you know it's crazy also I wish I didn't watch the, there was a really 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 great um uh, Desus and Mero skit where they recreated a trailer for this movie but making fun of it and god I, I wish I, I didn't watch that before I watched the actual movie because it was so good and so on the nose that I couldn't stop thinking about it um, um, because it just involves like just loads of white people just saying the n-word over and over again and Viggo Mortensen character saying this n-word has taught me so much um, but it's it's just yeah I, I just it's it's like you said it's a Really, I think this is going to stand out a lot um, in years to come as a really oddball um, uh, best picture winner for sure. But yeah, so saw that. Uh, I tell you what was better. Well, I tell you what, I was shocked. I was shocked to reveal this on this here podcast. I tell you what was better than Green Book, right? Uh, will I will I tell you? Do you want me to tell you? Nah. No, okay. Citizen anyway. Kane. <laughs> no. The three uh, well, probably I haven't seen it. Um, what was better was uh, Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg, right? Um, that movie was great. That movie was genuinely great. Um, I saw the trailer for that, and again, similar similar to Green Book in a way. I was like, okay, well, I know what that movie is going to be. You know, it, it's it's they basically tell you in the trailer what it's going to be. Well, they probably it's interesting. They they put out two very different trailers for Instant Family. I don't know if you saw both of them. There's the yes, one. They look. They look like two different films. There's the one that is like the, the kid is is out of control. I'm wearing whatever I feel like. Pfft, how are we going to manage this family? And then there's another one that makes it is like grandma versus grandma. I'm like, <laughs> is this the that, same yeah, I, film? I, I I saw that that grandma one as I as I wait, and this this is like months ago. Obviously, I was like, wait, is that the same movie as the one they were advertising? Like, and the funny thing is, it's it's very. I don't know if they were just trying to. They made that second one just because it's wa- it's wackier, and they thought it would have more mass market appeal or something like that. But that that aspect of it isn't even that's barely even in the film. Like there are two grandmothers, obviously, um, but they. Now that I think I don't even think they even have that many scenes together. They don't. Yeah, it's, that's very odd. I do distinctly remember that trailer though. But anyway, I, I I remember watching the trailer for that, thinking that this just looks like the you know overly sentimental cheesy family comedy, and it is. Um, but it's it's really well made. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny. It's not a side splitter, but it's uh, the, the laughs are, are, are there, um, and it's a really well told, really heartfelt uh, uh, story about foster care. And it seems like um, um, it seems it's like it's inspired by a true story. I don't know how true it actually is, but it see it it comes off like a movie that was made by people who had some kind of experience or worked closely with people who had experiences within the foster care and adoption system. Um, like it's not just using that kind of as a wacky premise. It feels like a movie that that is coming from a kind of heartfelt place. Um, and it's it's just it's really 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 solid. And and you know I can't remember the you know the last Mark Wahlberg movie I actually enjoyed. It's been quite a while. Um, and he, he's not especially good in this, but, um, 
but yeah, it, it was shockingly, shockingly good. Um, so I, I went four stars on that bad boy on the old letterbox. I thought it was very, very good. Um, and I would recommend, I just went to see that because I wanted to go see something yesterday afternoon and it was on, you know, Saturday at 12 p.m. So I was like, yeah, right, I'll go to that. And I, I was very glad I did. So, uh, that's a that don't sleep on instant family. If you're if you're looking for a, a good comedy, if you're looking for a, a good feel good movie, go to that. It is good. Um, that's my that's my hot take of the week. Um, other than that, I saw Captain Marvel. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's just it's just another good functional Marvel movie. Um, uh, that's that's how I did. I, I don't have any any especially uh, anything really particular to note about that. Um, and uh, just this weekend as well, I rewatched some of my favorite movies from last year uh, on Blu-ray. Uh, I rewatched Revenge, uh, which I think I liked even more in a second viewing. That is a tremendous film, a, a bizarre, uh, upsetting, but unforgettable movie, and it looked incredible on Blu-ray. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed that one. One of my favorites of last year. And also, I rewatched Overlord, which was the J.J. Uh, Abrams produced zo- Nazi zombie thing, which was also uh, fantastic on a rewatch as well. Uh, two two underrated ones from last year for sure. I think, uh, yeah. So uh, two two recommendations there for 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 uh, Blu-ray purchases for anyone who's looking for some. Uh, yeah. So that's my uh, that's my movie off. I watched a documentary in the week uh, about Theranos, the uh, company, the blood testing company, yes. you're on Bellies with Holmes, that turned out to be an enormous scam. Um, so what what they were trying to do, it was this huge startup that billions of dollars invested, and uh, what the kind of product they were trying to build was a sort of very uh, compact blood testing kit that could be kind of used anywhere, and that rather than taking the injection, just require like a single drop of blood and can then run hundreds of tests for different kind of diseases and conditions and stuff like that. Uh, it was complete bollocks. I think the um, the box was just full of sort of old springs and uh, oily rags and things like that. Uh, and they were actually just taking the blood and testing it in the kind of regular way and then pretending they'd use the machines, which is sort of a little bit hilarious. But yeah, the, the, the kind of woman behind the company, Elizabeth Holmes, is this really interesting figure who had a real kind of obsession with Steve Jobs to the point of basically dressing like him. Uh, she also, there's a bit of debate over whether she um, puts on a fake voice because she has a very sort of deep baritone voice mm-hmm. like this that doesn't breathe through her nose. And it sounds like um, in Bojack Horseman, there's a character that's actually two kids uh, <laughs> with a long overcoat on. Uh, pretending to be an adult and she sounds a lot like that kind of voice so um yeah anyway really interesting story i've been kind of fascinated by it for the past few years since it first all started coming out um this documentary is pretty good it, it does have some good insights into it i wouldn't say it's like a hugely compelling documentary it's not fire festival level um good um especially as i think the uh, court case against sort of her and the, the, someone else, the co-founder of the company, is still ongoing. So it's not really a, a conclusion as of yet. There's not been they're not gone to jail or anything. I don't think all the information's come out. Um, but it was it was still kind of interesting. And if you don't know too much about it, I'd still recommend giving it a watch because you'd probably be kind of shocked, surprised, and 
uh, fascinated by the, the contents within it. Um, I've also just bought a book that's, that was released recently, uh, written by the guy who kind of did the big expose article on the company as well. So I'm going to start reading that soon. And where can um, you see this? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was on, it's hate on HBO. Um, I downloaded it through certain means. Hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure if it's going to pop up kind of anywhere else, but yeah, search it out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's great. I heard, I've, I've heard bits and pieces. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. What's it, what's the name of it? It's, it's the inventor out for blood in Silicon Valley. So that's a bit of a, yeah. Uh, any other uh, movie guff or or? That's it. Okay. Uh, do we have any features we want to get to? We have one little quiz. If we want to quickly do it. Quickly, All right. All right. It's the return of everyone's favorite quiz for one week only. Oh God! Wait. What? Oh God! It's Dwayne Johnson what? Busters. Oh God! Everyone loves to be Dwayne Johnson Busters, Barry. The, the yeah, the audience have been asking for it. Well, mm. not not really asking, <laughs> but, not, not objecting. No, yeah, I, I I could see in their eyes that that's what they want. Kevin specifically said, "Don't do it." So. <laughs> oh God! If if we get an email that says, "Don't do it," we'll we'll never do it again, right? <laughs> so I have I, I have five here, and um, for people who've never heard Dwayne Johnson Busters. Lucky you. It, well, not lucky you, because you've, you've missed out with some classic CSP moments. But we give a cryptic clue, cryptic, to the name of a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, and if the lads need, I can give initials as well. The classic example was, uh, that's where I keep my little packets of sauce and ketchup and that. <laughs> yeah. That was Sachet Bank. Sasha Banks, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had Mark Henry. Can't be bothered giving the clue for that one, but the answer was very good. <laughs> yeah, that was the answer. Yeah. Mark Henry, and hang on, I have an old, I have an old file here. Let me open it up here. These are the old clues. Right? How, many, how many examples do we need? They know what they know what you're getting at. Um, hang on, here we go. Where is it? Uh. Don't make any more of that hot herbal drink. That was brew no, some more tea no. That was that. I don't remember that one. That's horrendous. Holy shit, you that's had, bad. I temporarily sell you that woodland creature. That was Alicia Fox. Uh, topical as well. Hell, these are all awful. I asked the man, are you over her? The answer for that was no, I'm dar. That's no, I'm dar. <laughs> I don't remember these at all. Uh, that bird has loads of money. What's up with that? Rich Swan. That's all right. And uh, don't allow that forest fire to continue. That was save your woods. But we have some new ones God, for you today. Those are all horrible. Oh my God. Okay. So, first clue for today. If you know it, shout out your name and uh, you can have a guess. Uh, so, the first one is I keep that salty water locked away. Uh, I keep that salty water locked away. (laughs) 
Initial. Oh, I got it. I got it. He has it, Joe. Brian Cage. Brian Cage is correct. So that's one yes. for Joe. God. Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Good, it works. It works. Nah, had, you've had worse. You've had worse. I've had worse. Okay. Um, number two. That sad-looking tree spit out its water like Triple H. Um, that sad-looking tree, that tree that spit out its water, a bit like Triple H does it. What's that? The initials. Got no idea. The initials for that one. W O. Will Osprey. It is Will Osprey. Ah, Will Osprey, I guess. Yes. Yeah, Will Osprey. That's one L. Number three. That fat lad from Tenacious D is even more famous now. Might be due to his new YouTube channel. <laughs> so he was famous, but now he's even more. He's as famous as you can get. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He is really famous now. He's like top tier famous. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. The, yeah, in- initial, the, the street, initials you know. on that one. Yeah. AB. Alistair Black. Very good. Yes. yes. Why? Is, I don't get that at all. Why? That's a good one. That's a good one. It's well, a, I, explain it. Explain it. Alistair Black. Oh, God. That's I mean, apart from, apart from all the tenacious, the. Bollocks, I don't know why that needs to be in there. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way you get the black. Are you for real? Oh my god. Well, he might have been considered a B lister this time last year, but now he got like 4 million subscribers. And he's in that YouTube stuff. There's a few people, A listers. Well, you got it. You got it. Yeah, so so everyone knows who Ninja is. Yeah. No. You got that blue hair. He was at the United game the other week. Oh, that's. Number four. I was so hungry, I got me pencil out, and I made a burger on my car wheel. <laughs> so I was real hungry. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Drew Mac on tire. That is oh, correct. God almighty. That is correct. That's 3 1 to Jack. That's uh, shameful, that is. Well, we do the final one here for Pride, right? <sighs> so, Christ. that £1,000 turtle, right? That's in weight, by the way. Exactly £1,000. That £1,000... You, you explain, explain it as much as possible. Yeah, go on. <coughs> well, you won't get it otherwise. That £1,000 turtle has been rock, has been rocking out to Bob Marley. What's that about? I have no idea what that is about. 
the initial there is SB. Sinclair Broadcasting. <laughs> that £1,000 turtle has been rocking out to Bob Marley. I don't I'd give up. You give up, Barry? The goal, the goal is wide open for you. Yeah, I miss. I kick it into the fucking cheap seats. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the answer to that one was the listeners were shouting out at home. They knew it. Uh, one thousand pound turtle, shell ton, Benjamin. Benjamin. Anyway, uh, I sat here all night guessing. I wouldn't have got it. Final oh score: three one to Joe. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, well done. So as I said, if listeners never want that again, email in. <laughs> Kill it off once and for all. I want to veto one of the features. Oh, that's a good one. Veto. Hang on. Let me write that down. Big. That, those fans <laughs> really don't want that quiz to ever happen again. Big big veto. That was yeah. what that was. Right, let's do some rest and guff and finish up. All right. Uh, what's been in the news lately? Um, uh, WrestleMania looks like a big heap of shite. <laughs> and, and emphasis on big. It's going to be very long. Oh man! Yeah, I'm, I keep clicking on the WrestleMania 35 wiki page, but it keeps bringing up the Fast Lane card because uh, I don't know. I'm not seeing any WrestleMania caliber matches. <laughs> I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, how many 50 year olds can you fit on one pay per view card? Yeah. Uh, so they've made Batista Triple H official. I think that happened. You probably talked about that last week. Yeah. Um, what a dreadful segment that was, by the way. The give me what you want segment. Yeah, yeah. I know that the memes have been funny in that, but I was watching the segments itself. I was like, for for a segment that's got an actor in it, this is some, this <laughs> a is good some actor, shite. Well, yeah, a good actor. Not like that fucking John Cena or The Rock. Um, did we talk about that on this show, we by did, the way, we when he did, gave yeah, that interview? We did, yeah. We did, okay. Yeah. God, I love, that segment love was, it. That segment was it's dreadful and meandering and bollocks. And Triple H was came off the better of the... the of the two. Oh my god. Well, he's the so which is inexplicable. He came off the better actor. My, is my oh, 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 my bad. Okay, yeah. Batista's That's good. even more. Give me it. Give me what I want. Give me that. Oh, dreadful. Well, yeah, this card looks like an old vote. Bollocks, I must say. Um, Shane McMahon versus The Miz. See, if Shane McMahon versus The Miz, Kurt Angle, Baron oh. Corbin. Oh. Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio, for some reason. Oh, that might be alright. Well, that'd be, be alright. Right. Right. AJ Styles, Randy Orton. That'd be, uh, yeah, right. Rollins. That'd, be, that'd be boring it'd probably be boring right <laughs> Rousey Lynch Flair that'd probably be good Bernie Murphy yeah. as Joe said yeah I don't know I don't, like this is the first Wrestlemania I'm not staying up for in quite a while there's nothing on there that's like a, I don't know that's got any kind of intrigue like a, you know Goldberg coming back I know that was a bit lame because he's a bit over the hill but it was at least something different for Wrestlemania or last year you had Ronda Rousey's debut match right what have you got this year it's just yeah like like Batista coming back like he's been trying to come back for years so you could maybe argue that but that's the only thing and and then he's wrestling Triple H it's going to be terrible it's not going to be a good match and and we've seen we've seen it a bunch and it was like not even that good at the time but (coughs) 
Batista, Batista was a big star, so you kind of looked the other way, and now he's old, and Triple H is old, and Triple H it, always sucks in these comeback matches. It's a rematch from, when was that, 2005? So 14 I, years on, yeah. we're getting the rematch. It's like if they did Hogan Andre at WrestleMania X7. That's what we're getting. Imagine that. And Andre was dead. So <laughs> still would have been better than this. Yeah. Um, the Baron Corbin thing, I'm kind of in two minds because it's like, uh, you know, there are too many part-timers and stuff and, and they should be giving opportunities to new people but that doesn't automatically mean that this is good because it's Baron Corbin you know and and he's not like awful but he's not good either you, you know see they're, it's just... they're doing Kurt Angle AJ Styles on Smackdown this week are they really yeah that is hilarious and then <laughs> the Baron that fucking uh, and I saw oh. some people say that well, you know, it's because he so he can have someone to beat. I was like, what's the point in that? I mean, fucking Baron should win this match. He's staying around. So, do you think that Krang of Baron Corbin will be the match that'll happen? Or I what? don't think so. They've started. They've started talking on Twitter. Like they've started making it almost part of the angle that everyone knows it's shite. Yeah. So I I would say they're um, they're uh, still nothing shit. for uh, Roman or John Cena, as far as I know, at all. So that, that might fill out the card in terms of like the star power. That's true. And Undertaker's probably lurking in the background somewhere for his fucking one match a year that he does. Ooh. Maybe they'll all be in the Battle Royal. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> the Battle With Royal. With Hogan as well. <laughs> uh, here's a quick one for you. Can you guys name for me the past winners of the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Uh, I probably could, yeah. Cesaro. Uh, uh, Mojo. Uh, Big Show. Matt Hardy. Yeah, one more. Um. Uh, uh, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin in his debut. Uh, there you go. There's a f- there's b- this is the sixth one. That's crazy already. Rice, yeah. Yeah, Cesaro, Big Show, Corbin, Mojo, and Matt Hardy. What a what a fucking gallery. What a legacy. <laughs> anyway. Are they do they haven't confirmed either of the Battle Royals here, have they? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, they have they have now. Oh, oh okay, okay. Well oh, the the men's one anyway, I don't know about the women's one. Uh, I feel like they probably shouldn't do the women's one because, like, all the the decent women are in actual matches. Um, yeah. Like, God, can you imagine the fucking state of that match if they did it this year? With like all the, you know, like I said, all the. Well, I suppose that they could get NXT people. It would be terrible, but I have no interest in it. Um, although I suppose I, they probably are going to do it when you consider how fucking long the show is. Because that's the other big news story is that it's going to be eight hours. So. Oh God. I think that's including pre-show. I can't even be bothered watching it the next day. That's just too. I can't. Oh, and, and your day. special guest host as well, Alexa Bliss. Great. Well, yeah, I don't know. I was going to try and defend that, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I took, I took the day off work when they, when Becky won the Rumble, um, and I've kind of, I'm kind of having regrets about that. I'm going to stick it out because 
the, the, it's WrestleMania, even if it's shite, I want to watch it, and I can at least fucking talk about how shit it is when it's when it's happening. Like you know what I mean? Like I'll have I'll have that aspect of it. But God, yeah, my my anticipation for the actual show is at zero. My anticipation for the indies running that weekend is also almost entirely at zero. Um, um, like the novelty of the WrestleMania weekend shows is kind of long gone for me. Um, yeah, well, yeah. WWE signed anyone. Well, this is the irony. WWE signed everyone, but their card is still shit. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sake. Um, even the takeover card doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, yeah, but you know, the, you know they're always good, the takeover card. It's going to be good. Of course yeah. it is, yeah. 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 But like uh, Gargano and Adam Cole, I'm like, eh. You know? uh, I think that'd be good. I think, yeah, Pete Dunwater would be good. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. The women's yeah. match as well. Could, looks like it'd be really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should, yeah, yeah, it should be all right, actually, yeah. It's even 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 the weakest looking takeover um, card uh, usually delivers. So um, mm. yeah, um, yes, yeah, so that's that's media weekend. Obviously, we'll have more detailed breakdown in the in, in the weeks to come. But uh, it's not even that far off, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. it's on the horizon. The WWE finally moving out of Titan Towers. Yeah, very yeah, yeah, that's get it. Yeah, that, that's the first thing I thought of when, when that story came up. was like, oh, the place where they filmed that, that ad. The that Super Super ad, yeah. Oh. Or, or to also hear that that was always on the Silver Vision DVDs or the VHSs yeah. uh, at the beginning. Um, and so, then you had that time DX sprayed their 2006 logo on it. Oh, yeah. such bold. Weird, weird. Fair play to WWE for being able to shift it with that on the side. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Draws puking in the bin. In the He's got a puke. Imagine if they did an auction with all that shit. Like, here's a window pane with the DX logo on it. Here's a, a bin a, with draws sick on it. A Tyrannosaurus uh, skull. Oh, the Tyrannosaurus! I forgot about the Tyrannosaurus. Oh, straight from Vince's office itself. Like, oh. Can I put a price on that, lads? Oh, man. But yeah, and they're, apparently they're going to some big, absolutely massive place. Um, so yeah, well done, well done, Vince. I guess. Yeah. And uh, your remember remember when, well done, when, when Steve Austin was the CEO and he went in there the whole episode with him and, with the receptionist and having the board meetings. <laughs> We're all nostalgic about this building <laughs> we've never been to. <laughs> World uh, Wrestling Federation, please hold. It's like the Tivoli of the WWE. I will be outside when it's gone. Anyway, speaking of the Tivoli, Barry, uh, last thing on our agenda for this week, Scarper Mania. What did you think of it? Uh, It's funny. I had a tremendous time at the show. I thought it breezed by. I thought, as we've talked about in recent history, they have have done an excellent job getting their timing down on these stadium shows. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, it breezed by. I had a great time. I thought every match contributed something, and it was only after the fact when I was um, looking back on the card and I was actually uh, I was rating all the matches on, on the Grapple app, which is a good little app for, for rating matches and recommending matches. It's only when I was looking down the card after the fact that I looked at it and I went, you know, it was kind of a one match show. Um, but there really wasn't too much other than the main event that was actually like standout great. Um, but every match kind of contributed a little something to the card, which is kind of an, kind of always been OTT's thing. <coughs> um, 
So yeah, I I enjoyed it quite a lot, um, and I thought the main event was as good, if not even maybe even a little better than the original Walter Devlin match. I have rewatched it once. I might rewatch it more because um, I, I watched that first match probably like twelve times at this stage. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I I had a great time all in all on that show. Yeah, me too. I think it's funny because I think I I even even looking back. Because I also rated it on the old uh, grinder app. Uh, oh, oh, Freudian slip there. Um, yeah, I think I look back e- even more favorably than yourself. I think, um, I think the first six matches all kind of hit the spot for me for what I wanted from them. Uh, and then I think the the first two matches after intermission, the women's title match and the Davis Liger match. Yeah, a little bit less good. Yeah, uh, and then the main event, of course, good. So I, I would say like se- seven and a, and a half out of nine matches, kind of did it for me. Uh, whereas um, I was kind of down on the Tala show. I know you were a lot more positive than me on that show. I thought that show because of the order of the matches, I thought it was a huge disappointment. This match, this this show, I thought was again they they were back. It was a huge a huge step up for me. Uh, so let's quickly go through the matches then. Give it a sure. give it a stew. It's fifteen minutes or whatever. Um, so opening match was Aussie Open, Angelico Reyoros, who I was very excited to see. Uh, Club Tropicana, and the besties in the world. Um, this for me was kind of the first time I've seen Tropicana f- properly deliver and feel like more than just like a joke act. I thought they kind of. They they didn't seem out of place here, which is the biggest compliment I can give them. You know, I they had great yeah they were they were great people. I was I was very very disappointed when the news broke that that, that um Paddy was injured and the lads were out of that match. Well, I was very I, disappointed. I was, I was very sad to hear he was injured. Uh, well, I I was I was specifically because I in the last few months and I think we've talked about it on this show. I've kind of been I think I was like okay Tropicana have kind of been found out. I felt yeah that's uh, fair. Uh, not only as not great in non-comedy situations, but even the comedy I found faltering um, in recent months. Um, uh, but yeah, like you said, I thought they they stepped up. I thought they had a um, a, a, a good night at the office here, um, and um, yeah, just they they did not stick out as. Um, as out of place. One thing I will say, you know, good match, not any kind of great match. And I think you said you were looking forward to seeing Ray Horace. I don't think he got a lot of shine, but I don't think any one person got a lot of shine. It was a little bit too short would be maybe my one criticism of it. Yeah, it it was, they came in, they did some comedy, they did some dives. Maybe another five minutes would have. Yeah. Um, And Aussie Open won. So they are, Australia won the World Cup because don't forget this was the World Cup. Yeah. Um, there was no uh, so, trophy uh, presentation or anything of the sort. Oh yeah, no bullshit. They just kind of did it. Um, so I and I guess um, you know they're they're doing a good job. I I I think of just kind of building Aussie Open up as a um, as a viable heel tag team. So that was good. Yeah, uh, I'm very much looking forward to the British Strong Style Aussie Open match that we'll inevitably get um, down the road. Um, then we had six man tag match. More than hype against the rapture i i couldn't make out a single thing zach gibson said in his promo no because of the crowd noise the booze yeah um, it was unbelievable and it's great having him back 
I missed him. I was so happy to see him with the microphone, but I could not make out what he was saying. So I'm sure it was funny. I'm sure it was good. But uh, I, I, I could hear him during the match when he said, good luck with your next hype video when it's just all rapture headlocks. Uh, and I think he said, let's get some rain and some heavy music in here, uh, which I thought was very cute. Um, but yeah, uh, match again, this is another match that was like, all right, uh, did its job. Uh, not any kind of blow away match, but like you said, you kind of got what you wanted out of it. You know what I mean? Which was Zach Gibson came out, everyone booed, everyone booed, 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 booed. More than hype came out, they ran wild. Uh, well, I liked especially uh, that they like went straight for the dives right away because that was kind of what I wanted. I think I'd mentioned from the Tala show that more than hype, they were still coming out, they were dancing, they're acting the fools. That I liked here that they came out with a little bit more of an edge and went for the dives like right away. Yeah, and mm. and you got to see them. You got to see them show a bit more seriousness, and they had a competitive match, and they won, and they ended their losing streak, and that, like that's what you wanted out of that match. Again, it was a kind of a it was a show of of kind of just about getting what you wanted out of everything. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the Rapture are just a blast. They really are. Yeah, we then had our uh, four on three handicap match. Justy, Sammy D, and Team Prick. Team Prick in the most ridiculous uh, leather Matt pants. Yeah. Oh. But we have to, we have to talk about. Of course, it's a national stadium show, so we have to talk about the Angel Cruisers video. Another uh, banger of a video. Another absolute. I was just tears in my eyes. A cameo from actual Joe Cabray playing himself this time. Uh, just tremendous. And not his just only uh, cameo of the event, funnily enough. No, and no, not not even his best cameo of the evening. Not sure his best that. cameo, no. Um, but yeah, really, really tremendous stuff, and the dog and everything. Oh my god, just fantastic, just fantastic. Um, Hurricane, you know, uh, he did his thing. He came out, and, and I don't, again, it was kind of one of those things. That I don't think anyone was expecting much out of him, and he was fine for for what he did. It reminds me of someone. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it was there was some import. That they brought over the first time. Who the fuck was it? And they Spock? No, no. This was in in like my era of OTT. So okay. po- po- like post two thousand seventeen. There's somebody that they're bringing over who who recorded like a video, like a, like a, a smartphone video, and their video was like they completely didn't get what OTT was. It was just like a generic. I'm so excited to come to Dublin, Ireland, and see you guys. We're gonna, you know, and Hurricane did his hurricane shtick but like I don't know how educated he was and kind of what OTT was and how okay. he, he really fit into it I don't remember who who it was who did the video I can't really remember well, maybe like Joey Ryan or someone yeah I can't, I don't know what you're referencing yeah we'll, we, I'm sure it'll come to you in the next week I think it might have been Joey Ryan anyway uh, so yeah he kind of was there he did his shtick but he didn't exactly modify any of his stuff for the audience that he was doing it for uh, Angel Cruz stuff was very funny. Obviously, the lawnmower to the hand of one of Team Prick. Very funny. Yeah. And, um, uh, they got their win, so hopefully now they can move on to something else. That could be the end. Please, Jesus, let them move on. For like this, this was all right. This was all right, but I'm completely done with this feud, and I'm kind of completely done with Justy. If I'm being honest, I don't <gasps> think I need to see him ever. So, um, slammed. Um, yeah, it's just it's the, the uh, yeah. Just well, I to, believe to he shaved his beard off. Uh, that, that appears to be the goss coming out of uh, of Belfast. Why today, so they yeah. didn't do that in a match? Why didn't I put the beard on the line in the match? It's just funny because they've done that before. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
But yeah. You then had David Starr, Dan Barry. In a match that I actually quite liked. I liked it a lot. I liked it, but I kind of expected it to, based on the promos they cut beforehand and, and their position in the company, their respective positions, I thought they were going to have a competitive little match and then at one point Starr would snap and like beat the shit out of him. Hmm. Uh, it, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a competitive match. And the story of the match is that Starr was like annoyed he had to do it and Barry was the, the plucky underdog. Uh, and that was fine. But them having a 50-50 match just felt a little bit weird to me. Um, the other thing is that, I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if this is an acoustic thing or what. I have not watched this back on VOD or anything. But it feels like, I think we've... The, the novelty of the, the Dan Barry thing, I think now we... I think a little break from it might be good. Well, that's what actually something I liked about this match was that Dan... To me, this was the first time Dan Barry was more than just a chance. Right. If that yeah. makes any sense. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think this was his best bell-to-bell match in OTT. But ironically enough, I think that just unrelated to the quality of the match, which was all right, it just felt like I think I think the audience kind of ran out of steam on the chant stuff a little bit, and and um, hmm. that was very noticeable. I thought. Hmm. I don't know whether it was, maybe people were, were more into the match than you know. Typically, it's. People are really paying attention to the match, I must say. Like he's, yes. he was been in with like Be Cool, he's been in with um Sammy. Sammy. Like this was a big step up that maybe people were taking the match a bit more seriously than typically do. Star was getting a lot more chance, you know, whereas when it's him against Sammy or Be Cool, no no offense to the former gymnasties, but like that th- that was very much just a let's chant Dan chance for ten minutes or whatever. Here was something a bit more meaty. Yeah. I really liked the match. I don't know. I don't it, know. it was good. Yeah, it, it was good. And yeah, actually, I do think it is definitely fair to say it was probably Dan's best bell-to-bell match in OTT, um, for sure. And Star, you know, Star gets the win. I think they're still. I think they're going to try and keep him strong going forward. Oh for yeah, obvious I reasons. mean, he'll be in the title mix. I'm sure. For sure. De- Devin Star too. That'll be the next big one. Uh, we then had Michael Satamora against Martina. In, uh, yeah, quite a good match. The best Martina match in quite a while, I would say. Probably ever. Um, well, she was in with one of the best in the world, to be fair. That's the thing. It's like, and this is what I was talking about when I, I looked back on this card, like after the fact. Like, I, I enjoyed this match, you know, a decent amount. Um, and then when I when I was kind of looking back on it to, 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 to like dish out the ratings and everything, I was like, yeah, that match was good, but she's in there with like one of the best in the world and it was this was her big this is her big take me serious match right it was the, the they did the video where she was all upset about losing and she's i mean she's kind of always for her whole fucking career she's been complaining about people not taking her seriously and calling her a, a, a gimmick and this that and the other and this was the big match and it's like it was good it was her best performance she was good in it her individual performance was good it was not this you know ridiculous carry job because she she did quite well but it it, like, it really wasn't anything special. And I'll tell you what I think where the problem was. I actually don't think it was Martina's fault at all, but I feel like the crowd didn't really care at all, which was kind of surprising to me, given the people involved. Hmm. Like, what did you make of that? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't really know where Martina goes from here either. That's the thing, because it's like everyone, like, a lot of people talk about loving her, 
but like, and she gets a good reaction during her entrance, but like, it doesn't always translate to during the matches. And Mako, it's like, I'm sorry, it's just, you know, that's just the nature of the audience. I just don't think they're conditioned to be massively into women's, even big name women stars from across the globe. I just don't think it matters to that audience, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And, and, and as for what Martina does next, I really don't know. Uh, she lost the three way tonight to determine the number one contender for the. Uh, Who won that of interest? Uh, Terry Thatcher. So he's going to face Mark Haskins in another men versus men gender neutral title match. Um, well, it seems like yeah. that's, that's the shit now. It's either men versus men or Martinez in it. Yeah. Raven was in it once with five other dudes. Oh, yeah. I remember that match. That was a mess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> I mean, Martinez is an odd one. I don't really. I don't really know. Yes, because they've kind of they've kind of recouped her a little bit from that part from that point where the audience were kind of turning on her, which is good. But that that's not the same thing as her having a direction. Like she doesn't really have a direction now. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I thought she was going to beat Mako and then win this three way and then go back into the gender neutral thing, which is obviously what she wants. She obviously is way more into the the intergender stuff than the than the women stuff, which is fine. Um, but yeah, that's the other weird thing about this match. Mako won. Which is odd, I guess. It is odd, given the storyline, yeah. yeah. And unless they're just trying to... I did think when they did that initial video, I was like, this kind of seems like you're doing... You're trying to make. You're trying to give Martina her Walter Devlin story, but it's not really earned. So maybe now they actually are trying to earn it. Like, no, we're, we're going to hand her some losses and, 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 you know, make her character a bit easier to root for in the sense that she's overcoming something. Mm. Uh, which, you know, is not a bad idea. Um, I just yeah. don't really know what a character is at the moment. I don't know what her character is. Yeah, it's like person who wants to be taken seriously, I guess. Well, but she still comes out and dances, and then after she lost, she was having cans and dancing, and yeah, I don't know. The the message was a bit muddled for me there. Um, yeah, you then had the shocking tag team title switch in the lose the lose yes. pound match where British Strong Style defeated Kings of the North. And did we talk about that on this show? How much of an eye roll we all did? Actually, I don't think we did because I was in Germany when they announced that match. And every all the Irish there, they're like, oh, God, that's so cringe. Obviously, the Kings are going to win. Uh, you know, Of course, the British Strong Style lads are going to lose the Loser Leaves Town match because they're signed. Well, aren't we all fucking little jabroni marks who worked ourselves into a shoot, eh? We are indeed. Um, match was good. It was very good. It was, again, maybe too short, but it was very good. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think this show kind of makes you really think, yeah, they are very conscious of these shows always running long, which is what their reputation but is. But don't have nine matches on it then. Well, that's it. Well, they got to well, get, you know, they have certain boxes they need to tick, but that's that's another thing. But, you know, this was, this was the greatest hits, which I enjoyed. Um... And uh, the yeah the the finish was a shock and just a monster pop. I mean, if it wasn't for the Devlin title win on this same show, this probably would have been the biggest pops in the last year of OTT. I mean, it was huge. I couldn't believe it. Although there was that kind of moment where they hit the finish, and I was like, oh, "Wait a minute, that's the end of the match." <laughs> oh, it was good stuff. Uh, yeah. So now British Strong Style are the OTT Tag Team Champions somehow. Yeah, uh, and more. I think almost more interesting than that, the Kings are out of action in Dublin specifically. So they're doing it's literally a loser leaves town match. They're not. They're not like out of the company. 
Um, I, I, I think I actually like this development because we've talked a lot on this show about the Kings and kind of being a little bit over them and how it feels like they've nothing really to do. Um, so I'm not sure what the end game of this is, but I like the idea of, you know, they can still do their, they, they basically do these British strong style matches that they have, you know, the big, the wacky wild brawls with all the, they do that in Belfast pretty much every time they being the Kings. So like, you know, uh, keep them there as a, as a, an act where they're very over, you know, Belfast and, Give them a rest on the main shows. You know, let, let's figure out what you want the Kings to be on your actual kind of, for lack of a better term, canonical OTT shows. Because um, I, I think they are in dire need of a refresh down here. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have singles matches in Dublin or are they completely <laughs> out for the time being? Yeah, they haven't uh, They haven't specified. And no. that's... The, and part of them not specifying is that they haven't also announced another main show, which I think is the first time ever. It was very strange, yeah, that there was nothing announced for the f- apart from the contender show on the end of April. Not to not to jump the gun, but I was putting the tinfoil hat on with some pals in the week, and when you look at a lot of the finishes and the storylines in this show and the venue situation and the, and the lack of announced shows, you could almost see this show being a swan song for OTT, couldn't you? With Jordan <laughs> winning, and the ki- the Kings are ousted from OTT after all these years, and Scotty Davis gets his big win, and Martina, you know, she, she gets taken seriously. She hangs with a legend. You know what I mean? Wasn't I, it, I isn't there that kind mean. of vibe off the I show? I mean. yeah. I don't um, believe it, but I know what you mean. It, it, it almost feels like a season finale. It really, it really did, and obviously we're being kind of doom and gloom about the venue situation. But it, but it is bad. I mean, it's, it's there's, there's no show on there announced, which they which they never do. I mean, that is so out of the ordinary. Which means but, that um, we're at least two months away from yeah a show because they have to obviously and, sell tickets for it and market it. And I, I would guess based on the fact that they're they're doing such a big gap and they haven't announced anything yet, and and they still haven't announced a mid-sized venue, I would guess they're probably doing Tala or the stadium again. Um, yeah, which is going to be very weird. Like if this is if this is just going to be what it is now, you know, I have to assume, I have to assume nothing was announced at the Belfast show today. Otherwise, we would I know we probably would have heard. And also, th- those shows finish early, and I I believe it's now finished. So um, okay. if there if there was anything, we would know. But um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's just I, I it's, it's schedule now seriously going to be big show contenders, big show. I mean, like for the time being, I suppose. I mean, as you say, time being, I, I don't think, I really just don't see the venue situation really ever getting better. I mean, that sounds extremely uh, pessimistic, but it's also just, you know, my, that's what well, I think the is. truth is. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, the pretty strong style. Yeah. We're, what was after that? Uh, then we had the women's title match Raven Creed, Debbie Keitel. Another very short women's title match. Another yeah. not very good women's title match. No. I yeah. was really hoping that Debbie's going to win here as well. Yeah, I, I was like, it, we could do it freshening up and um, because Raven. Look, I, I, I hate to use the word dud, but I, I, I get less and less impressed by Raven Creed every time I see her, and I never thought she was that good in the first place. Oh. So I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, the... the um, 
yeah, the Raven. The Raven. I think it's. I think it's fair. I think the Raven feud has been a dud, and I'm. I'm. I was bullish on Raven for a long time. I still think she's good. I don't have. A, I don't have a problem with her, but it's just they. They. They do the exact thing you don't want uh, a modern wrestling company to do with the women's title, which is just put it in these shit positions. Uh, and well, that's two in a row. That to be fair, she hasn't been helped by. But I don't think the performances have been good either. They haven't been, but they they should they should recognize that the, the the waning division and give her a little bit of help. And plus, she's also on a show full of international stars with an you know uh, Ireland versus the world team, and Martina gets to face Mako. You know, she's stuck wrestling. You know, Debbie, who's who's all right, but she's local, and they've wrestled each other fifty times already. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of trappings around the booking of this that are just really lame. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, there's there's a multitude of problems. I do I do think she's underperformed, but I also fe- think it feels like the the belt has once again gone back on the mentally has gone back on the back burner of the uh, of the company. Yeah, shame. But like, yeah, it was again the weakest match of the show with the women's title match, which is a a, a dangerous uh, habit to get into. One that nobody wants, so hopefully they'll think of something for their next show. Could give it a bit more prominence, or even a longer match. Maybe, maybe the fact that the performance is waiting is due to the pressure of having to get everything in and done in like four minutes last time, six minutes this time, give or take. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, Valkyrie p- pinned uh, uh, Raven in Belfast today. So I guess I guess they'll That's do that. Contenders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, now, now Valkyrie is someone I would actually would be very interested to see winning the title. Um, um, she's quite good. Um, so, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's the we, we've talked more about this women's match than than they gave it on the show. So we then had Scotty Davis just juicing Thunder Liger. Uh, uh, it was okay. Incredible reaction for Liger. Yeah, with the streamers and everything. Um, there was definitely some. Uh, oh, communication issues. Communication issues. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. But I yeah. think generally it was good. It was good. Um, it was good spotlight events for Davis again to be in a proposition. I think he's definitely the kind of the future. Mm. He's like the next Devlin, basically. He really is, yeah, and they and they've done a good job to position him as that. And you know, they they were on separate pages for a bit, but it was still an all right match. And you know, uh, Liger, you know, he bowed to him and all this other stuff. Like Liger did a good job making yeah. it seem like, hey, this guy, this kid's the future, you know. So it was fine. It was fine. Nice to see, nice to see Liger live. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I think the big thing was just seeing Liger. That was great. That was that was what it was about. And it was it was again a short enough match. It was like what ten minutes? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then we had main event, Devlin Walter. Now you said that you thought that this was better than the first. I don't know that I liked it quite that much. I thought it was very good. Um, I think because I think the reason that I liked the other matches, I think I like I, th- I think for me, in fact, I think this might be the weakest of all the main events in the story. Now let me explain before you hang me on that one. Um, no. I think the thing that the the one thing that Wait, lacked weaker, weaker weaker than even the redemption tag match. Um, yeah, in a sense, yeah. Oh wow! Wow. Okay, go on. Uh, I think the one thing that lacked here that the other ones had was some kind of memorable 
shock or surprise. Now, naturally, the, you know that's how, that's what's going to happen because this was the payoff of the feud. This was the of course, yeah. the redemption. But like previously, you had um, the okay. First of all, the tag match with Loki, the shock of Walter beating Devlin, and that was actually yeah. that was for me also my first ever Walter experience. So that was really really amazing. He beats Devlin clean. Then you had obviously the first title match, Walter and Devlin, the shock of Walter winning the title. You had the, I, I'm omitting, of course, here, like the Walter Sean Guinness match, but like, okay. You had then the tag match with um, Ringkampf and Devin Starr. You have obviously the Starr turn. Um, yeah. And then you have this match. Um, and I, I might even include Starr Devlin there. But um, they, there was all like shocks and surprises and memorable things that I'm associating with the already great matches. This one, the match was great. But the result was kind of the expected result. Devlin gets the win finally. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. So I think maybe on its own merit was a better match. But I, I, I associate each of the earlier matches with some like expert storytelling and twists yeah. and turns narratively. And that's why I remember them fondly as well. Whereas this one, I love the match. Like I think I gave it a four or five, same as yourself did. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, the one thing that I, I, I lack from here is is coming out of the show and talk, oh my God, and like, what's going to happen next? And where do we go from here? Like, it was the, definitely the finale of it, you know. It was, yeah. Definitely got the well, let me let, let me let me challenge you right away, sir. <gasps> it's something you said. Did you or did you not expect Mr. Joker Bray to come out towards the finish? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I absolutely adore that, where Walter takes the belt. He's he's hey this. This is where Devlin kicked out the 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 finish, quote unquote. Yeah. And he's going backstage, he going and I like as well the the little callback to the um pack match where he shoves the referee again. Yeah. Fox says, No, you're not gonna squalify this time. Walter's off and who comes out little choker break in it playing his best, you know, promoter. Uh, character, get the fuck back at and he's gonna fight him. He's gonna fight Walter. Oh my god, brilliant stuff! He's putting his dukes off. He's putting his fists off. Get back at that fucking ring, you. Ah, that that was brilliant. I I wasn't so hot on the rest of the roster coming down. It was a little bit overkill, but um, I certainly like Cabrera coming out, was sending him back to the ring. That was that was good stuff. Uh yeah, brilliant match. Um everything that they kind of built up like the Jordan punch they played off with Walter working the hand and uh, hit him with the pile, package pile driver twice eventually for the win um, excellent match as you said by far the best match on the show and, yeah. uh, and then okay I, I said there was nothing but there was a little David Starr come out on the stage like the Phantom of the Opera, you know, looking from the rafters. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice little full stop at the end of it. Uh, <clears throat> because uh, if I, I obviously wasn't going to do a rundown of all the results because, like, who cares? But but the, the the main event of the first night of 16 Carat was the 21st match between David Starr and Walter. And they had kind of built it up, kind of like this match had been built up. And a lot of us were expecting that we were like, this is the one. He's probably getting this one and he's probably winning the whole tournament. And he lost again. <laughs> I'm very happy he lost because I think that would have, at least for me, not tainted it, but definitely lessened the impact of it. 
Yeah. Um, and people, some people were very annoyed about that because there was kind of there was a lot, kind of a question being asked of well, when is the time for Star to win? And honestly, my my take on that with, with regards to Walter is because. I even before they were regulars in OTT, and I I'd heard of the story and I'd watched a few of the matches. I was like, to me, it's kind of just a character trait. I think he should probably never win. You know, um, that's more interesting to me. But anyway, that's a whole that's a whole separate conversation. But um, I did go four and a half on a first viewing. After rewatching it on VOD, I kind of wanted to bump it up. I did because it's, and I, I'm interested to see if I if I watch it as many times as I watched that first one. Um, how would it hold up? Because it's I actually liked it more on a on a VOD watch. And I'll tell you what I what I what I liked more on the night as as much as I marked out a- afterwards. I was thinking ah, Joe coming out and the roster coming out. Going, eh, is that really necessary? Because we we've, we've talked after the Tala show about the, the kind of direction they've kind of gone with the Walter character. You know, we, when we talked about the they kind of made him into a more of a traditional heel. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of thinking, ah, do I uh, do I really need Walter fleeing and and trying to get himself DQ'd? Even though, even though I did love it live, it was kind of digesting it after the fact. I was like, ah, I don't know about that. And then when I watched it back, I was like, no, that was amazing, and that was actually it added so much to the match um, that people were 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 just begging for Walter to get back in that ring so so Devlin could finish the job. Yeah, I I I loved it, um, and I'm super interested to see what comes next in in the. Uh, the world title seed and i hope there is a show announced soon that can that can allow us to, to follow up on that um so yeah but uh really top-notch show really 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 great i'm also looking forward to this documentary that they're apparently making yes uh they sean ryan their videographer who does these uh much acclaimed video packages um uh, including that most recent one, which is tremendous. Um, he uh, did a, a GoFundMe. It was pretty pretty modest initially, and they bumped it up to, to three and a half grand after the initial support, which is also still pretty modest, I think. Just doing a documentary on OTT itself, and he said if they got enough stretch stretch gold money, they would uh, also do a documentary about specifically the Walter Devlin feud. Uh, and so it looks like they're going to hit the target for both of those things. So I, I look forward to seeing that. Uh, um, yeah. So I, I imagine that's probably going to be out for free as well because they didn't include any kind of thing, any kind of stretch goal. Where it's like donate this amount and, and get a DVD. It seems like it's probably going to be just something they put out in the world. I'd imagine. Yeah. So yeah, that's there OTT we chat. We're back, and that's probably going to do it for CSP this week. Is it? It is. That's everything. We covered uh, it all. We 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 talked to talk. Uh, so. We will be back next week. Next week's not WrestleMania preview week, is it? Um, yeah, we're like two weeks away from Mania, are we? Three, five. When is it? Um, yeah, but we're all, we're all right for now. Seventh of so. April. Seventh of April. No, no, we'll have another one before. We'll have, we'll have another one. We'll have we'll have one more, lads. One more before we go. One yeah. more before we go. All right. Um, but yeah. So uh, thanks very much for listening, folks. Do follow us on the old Twitter machine. Uh, you can find at Chairshot Pod is for updates about the show. Uh, at Griff Tannen is uh, Joe Towner. At Paul Griffin CSP is Paul. And at the Maryland is myself. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Chairshotpodcast.com if you want to send us an email and want to tell us no more Dwayne Johnson busters. That is your call, folks. <laughs> Um, I used, by the way, um, a different 
theme song for last week's podcast. Because Barry, you're at the WXW. Uh, so I used Egg X by Exhibit as the show intro. No one pointed it out. There you go. People obviously <laughs> skip the old introduction when they just. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, we will be. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you then. Bye.